The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Where every Tuesday night, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. Hanging out this week with my boy, Cody Lashney. How you doing, my man? Tom and Don, I am pumped, man. We are going into the biggest game of the season for the Carolina Panthers. The chat room is already lit. Underground West, Tom and Don Martin. Can die. Be cool, can I put you in timeout? Underground West, Legacy Land. Joey Esquivel, man, ain't nothing to it but to do it. Tony Dunn, let's roll, brother. Tonight's show is uh, Allen hearing footsteps as the undefeated Kyle Allen heads to San Francisco to lead the Panthers uh, against the undefeated San Francisco 49ers, which will be the matchup of the 4 o'clock hour. We're going to be talking about that. Cam Newton, some of those footsteps might be Cam Newton as he is getting close. Somebody's calling me. Oh, you know what? Somebody's calling the cat calls line. Here, can you hear this? Let's see if it yeah, loops. Let's see if we can answer live. Hey, pigskin. Hey, what's up, man? You're on live. Let's see if people can hear you speak. Let me see. Hold on. Let me see if I can get it. This might, you guys might be able to hear him live on the C3 Panthers podcast. Pigskin Pete, uh, Cody, can you hear him? Say uh, something. I, say something, Pete. No, I don't hear him, no. Oh, he can't, okay, so you can't hear Cody. All right, Pigskin, while you're on the line, since we just answered, I forgot to turn on the voicemail. Uh, what you got to say about what's on your mind for the Carolina Panthers? Thanks for tuning in the show, by the way. Yeah, no, I, listen, I, I wish I could catch the show live more often. Now, a lot of times I just have to go back and watch it, you know, after the fact. Oh, it's a great show, and I, I really enjoy it. Um, I'm surprised to get you live. I was expecting to leave a message, but listen, live's better, right? So this whole narrative, you already know what I want to talk about, right? I want to talk about uh, Cam Newton and, and, uh, and Kyle Allen. This whole narrative, not only in, in the Panthers community, but all over mainstream media and everywhere else, that, that anybody is even considering the fact to trade Cam Newton and keep Kyle Allen as a franchise quarterback for the Panthers is completely absurd. Now, I'm not Tell saying him. that Kyle Allen is not a good player. He's a very good player. He's a manageable player. He's a game manager who can win you some games when you have a great defense and a great running game like the Panthers have. But what he really equates to is what Alex Smith was when he was with the Chiefs, right, or even before that, whenever he was with the, uh, the 49ers. He's not a game changer. And so, you know, I understand the salary cap is an issue that, that people want to talk about as well. But there's a reason, and I'm going to, and I'll leave it at this. 
there's a reason that there's at least 12 to 15 teams. There's only 32 teams in the whole league, right? There's 12 to 15 teams reportedly that are interested in trading for Cam Newton. Now, why would that be? If he's, you know, past his prime, he's injury prone, and he's uh, not a pocket passer. Uh, the reason is because he's one of the top ten quarterbacks, one of the most dynamic players in the NFL, period, hands down. And if the Panthers, I don't think they will, first of all, but if they do decide to trade him just to save some money, uh, they're making a huge, huge mistake. Oh, it would be a travesty. Uh, great call, Pigskin Pete. Thanks for tuning into the show. We're going to hey, get hey, back to the quick, uh, uh, listen, uh, He can't I, hear I, you, Cody. No, he can't I, hear I, you, I can, Cody. Oh, he can't hear me. He can hear me, but he can't hear you. Channel. Shout out his YouTube channel. All right, out pigskin, check out Pigskin Pete's YouTube channel. That's what Cody said. All right, uh, take it easy, man. All right, check that, that out, That was dude. the first live caller, man. That was Whoa. the first live call. Let me turn on the – because, by the way, that was giantly distracting as the phone was uh, ringing in my <laughs> ears. Could you hear the ringing? Yeah, I heard the call. And then I didn't hear him at first, and the chat didn't hear him either, and then the sound came back on. All right, so I got that figured out. Wow. Breaking. That's breaking. The first live call in the C3 Panthers <laughs> podcast history. Big skin Pete. Out of nowhere. Where, where did, wait, he's got a YouTube channel? Tell him about it, Yeah, Cody. so, know. okay, yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, Pig skin Pete is awesome. He's a fellow Clemson fan. Please check out his YouTube channel. He is an incredible content creator who talks all college football. He does live streams, and uh, you know he'll he'll wrap during the whole game with you. And uh, he has a website called HowardRock.net, I believe. And uh, they have a good thing going over there, man. So uh, check out my man Pigskin. He always uh, shows love to the C3 Panthers podcast. So shout out to you, man. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thank you for the call. And uh, you can be a part of the show by calling into the Cat Calls line. The number's two five two. Two two eight fifty ninety eight. I do have the voicemail set up right now because I'm not cool enough yet to answer phone calls, lead the show, and get my computer to do all that mess. So that was a, a awesome call. I tell you this though is we're going to get into that tonight because Kyle Allen is going on the road in what will be a pressure situation. We're going to be getting yes. into that. I mean Cam Newton, the footsteps that we're talking about, as you saw the video that came out today. Uh, and and that reinvigorated some emotion into the discussion for me. So we'll get into that. I want to um, also ask everybody to go ahead and support the show. Right now we are growing and into what I think is the one of the strongest Panther communities on the Internet. And it's because of the guests. It's because of the people in the chat room. It's because of the callers on the Cat Calls lines and all of the listeners to the audio podcast. We thank you for your support. You can help us grow by smashing the thumbs up button subscribing on youtube or wherever you're watching right now or rating leaving us review what i want you to do is just share the show with one friend that's into the panthers and we'll grow by word of mouth all right cody um do we got oh we got greg here greg yeah. welcome hey welcome to up, the podcast brother hey thanks man glad to be here i got a sour t- taste in my mouth though i mean a ton of crow after everything i said about aaron Rodgers last week and then he goes out and that's his first MVP performance of the year, though. So let's not get too hasty. Well, I, to his credit, he had the perfect, uh, a perfect passer rating of fifty-eight point one fifty-eight point nine or something crazy. So 
Yeah, we have, we have a lot to talk about in today's show. The Panthers face a huge test, uh, the biggest test of the season by far, in the undefeated San Francisco 49ers. And there's a lot of good football teams right now. So, yeah, we've got a ton to talk about. Greg, uh, I was listening to your podcast. Tell them where they can find it real quick before I tell you something. All right. Uh, I got another podcast. It's called The Super Civil Servants. We cover movies, TV shows, books, literature, uh, comics. Just anything you can absorb in your mind to entertain yourself. Uh, we do a show every Friday night. drops every Monday. So people out there listening, uh, it's great podcast. Like it. I love it, actually. Uh, but I got to say that this week, the palette was not sophisticated for Ratatouille. <laughs> oh, there's my food joke of the night. But, uh, Take that. <laughs> it didn't go over your head this time, Greg. Uh, exactly. You guys tossed out Ratatouille. You, you tossed out Ratatouille too fast. All right. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and turn to Carolina Panthers football. Thank you, 89J Stubbs. When he says this for the uh, donation on YouTube, he says, when we win Sunday, prepare for Main Street hype. Now, yes, sir. actually, since because of that comment, let's go with it, Cody. Is I, I was going to open with Cam, but right now Kyle Allen has won four in a row, uh, right? Four in a row this year, five yeah, in a row in, a row. in career as a starter. He's the only undrafted starter to do that since Kurt Warner and yeah. uh, undrafted quarterback uh, that has gone and had that success. The Carolina Panthers are going to place face a team in the 6 and 0 San Francisco Giants that are also that have defied have beaten everybody that's come around. It hasn't been pretty at times. Only 9 points in a monsoon game against the Redskins, but this team is a legitimate test. For us, and how do you think if you win that game, we do go mainstream, but imagine the conversation that emerges from that win. Yeah, listen, in my mind, the, there's one story that is paramount. It's it's on top of all of them, and that is if, if the Carolina Panthers roll in to San Fran and we have Kyle Allen as our starter, and let's just say Kyle Allen balls out, Man, it's going to be really hard for a lot of people. I even think ourselves included, as big Cam fans as we are, and as much as we want him to start, I'm telling you, this narrative of Cam versus Kyle, dude, it's only a Category 2 right now. It's about to hit Cat 5 if the Carolina Panthers go to San Francisco on the road and beat the last undefeated team in the NFC right now. They have an incredible defense. I mean, uh, up and down the line from Nick Bosa to DeForest Butner to Ron Armstead, they're all nasty. And, uh, you know, it's good that we have Trey Turner coming back. So we do have more depth on the offensive line. But, man, this is such an important test of the medal of the 2019 Carolina Panthers. Who are we? Are we best as a Cam Newton-led uh, Carolina Panthers, or do you roll with the currently undefeated in his NFL career, Kyle Allen? There's a lot of big questions facing this organization right now. If Kyle, uh, you're right about this, is you'll learn um, a lot about what the organization thinks about Cam Newton from how they proceed after if the Panthers were to win. Yeah. Right, because that's going to well, put them in a tough place. Oh, yeah. 
Here's my thing about what you were just saying, Cody, is you're right, 100%. Even for us, if he goes out there and, and balls out, it's it's going to start to, to – that thought's going to start to move up in your head. But Kyle Allen hasn't balled out in a game he's played. Yeah. He's had good games, you know? So so my question is – and I know the media is going to do this. If he goes out there and throws for 179 yards, uh, two touchdowns, and wins the game, is that grounds to say, oh, he is definitely the guy for the – or I could see if he goes out there and throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns, you know? But or, that's or a – that's a great question, and I think it depends on the kind of performance that Kyle Allen has. Because if he has another, you know, said Jacksonville performance or what he did against Tampa Bay, if he's just doing enough, then, yeah, we know that Cam Newton can do that and do that in spades. Um, I, I think if for whatever reason this turns out to be a game where Kyle Allen does have a fantastic performance, which, hey, this is a hard team to do that against, uh, you know, then we have that type of conversation. If it's coasting, that's that's a whole nother discussion. But if Kyle Allen does has a, a ball out day against an undefeated team uh, that's playing its best football right now, I mean, man, you have a lot to consider. But I mean, just so everyone's clear, I'm still 100 Tim Cam Newton. How about but, a loss? No matter what, it ends the question probably. Yeah. I just I just actually backpedaled on that. Does a loss alone say say Kyle Allen has a good game but we lose? Does it end the conversation there? And it goes with I know how we feel about it, but I'm talking about in reality uh, how the team or where you guys think it's going to go. And and you're right. I think Cody, there's levels to this. It does depend on how the game goes. If the defense is in and McCaffrey, you know, win this game and it's clear that Allen was not a hindrance, but just not the guy that won it for us, that that question, that that's a different question than if he throws three touchdowns, no interceptions, 275 yards on the day. And he's won five in a row. Now that complicates the question a lot. Um, But so I don't know. I don't know how to look at it from there is what, what do you do? How, what is your feeling if, if he does have a great game? Listen, if if he has if he has that kind of performance, I mean, listen, you know, I, I want Cam Newton to be the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. I think he's a far more talented player. I think this conversation gets a lot muddier if Kyle Allen is able to make some big time throws in big time moments. And again, we're talking about a lot of if ands and buts right now. But I mean, I, I think that all of us are pretty confident. Even with Kyle Allen as our starting quarterback, I mean, I'm I'm feeling good about this matchup Sunday. From from a defensive perspective, from an offensive perspective, I like the way we match up with them. I don't feel like we're about to battle the boogeyman. You know, it's not it's not terrifying. I feel we have every bit the team they do, if not better. Well, I mean, they did. They traded for Emmanuel Sanders today, uh, so they probably got a little bit better talent-wise in the one part that they have been struggling. Does that make Jimmy Garoppolo better? We don't know. Their defense is, you know, they're right now the they are five and a half point favorites uh, versus the the Carolina Panthers. I think though, if the Panthers were to win on this stage, and Kyle Allen was a, a big feature of that, it would take a national narrative 
over about how all of a sudden the pressure would be crazy on the organization, I think, when it shouldn't be. Because mm-hmm. after today, I before all of this, before I started thinking in that way, I saw that Cam video, guys. And the Cam video of the, the Panthers, again, putting Cam in the spotlight and trying to own the conversation a bit like they did with his shoulder. Um, they did that today. And you saw Cam Newton in those footsteps. So that led, you know, that got me emotionally excited and remember and reminded me to tell everybody that man, that's still Cam Newton, dude. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, the thing is, is I, I agree with you all about this. If Kyle Allen wins this game, it is going to be, that's going to be the thing all over the net, the media, because it's what's going on with Bridgewater right now in, uh, in New Orleans, but it's a little different with him because they know they're not going to keep Bridgewater in as opposed to Breeze. What it should come down to is how healthy Cam Newton is. Yes. Uh, honestly, I feel like Kyle Allen's done, done well enough that if Cam Newton is even in the slightest bit hindered, not 100%, he needs to sit out until he's back fully healthy i want to see him fully healthy and give him a chance to be the cam newton that he is or that he know that he isn't the mvp cam newton and if he can't do that then you start to have that conversation because you know kyle allen can carry the team i don't think kyle allen is a franchise quarterback uh but i look at kyle allen kind of like a um who's the guy that won the uh nick Foles. it's kind of well he can get the job yeah. done uh you put enough pieces around him he's going to be a good quarterback uh, but I don't think he is a franchise quarterback. I don't think he's a guy you build your franchise around, um, which Cam Newton is, and we already have him under contract. Uh, you know, Like I said, it all comes down to, for me, how healthy Cam Newton is, because I don't want him out there at all if he's even the slightest bit unhealthy. I don't care how tough he wants to be or anything else, man. Give yourself time to heal, you know, and then come back and win your job. Like, who wrote that wrong? Win your job back, you know, because I'm tired of hearing these trade talks about Cam Newton. Cam Newton going to the Bears. Oh, that's going away. Let that mess go away. But here, if you guys are heading, this is the marquee matchup of the of the afternoon. The Carolina Panthers. I mean, the storylines here are the San Francisco uh, Giant. I mean, San Francisco 49ers, the real deal. And if you want to go to that game, the way to do it is to check out Vivid Seats. They're the top source for tickets to events like this. You can sort by price. You can sort by seat. You can sort by section and row, all in the Vivid Seats app. And to make things even better, they've got a loyalty plan. Just use the Vivid Seats rewards program, and they will give you 100% back uh, money guarantee for the biggest concerts, the hottest theater shows, all of that. Download the app. Make sure you use the overtime code. The promo code is overtime, and you'll receive a discount up to $100. Go to that Panthers game and represent like they did in London. Use the promo code overtime. Now, guys, I'm going to tell you why this is a Category 4. It's a Category 4 storm, Cody. And that is because this is the matchup of the afternoon. The Panthers have a real shot at winning this. Um, But the reason, the Panthers are going to come out with a W, I think, because of the defense and Christian McCaffrey. And I think Kyle Allen can be and will be a positive aspect of that. But a rising tide lifts all boats. And that's what's really where this is a Category 3 or a 2 or maybe not even a storm that we should care about and just be waiting for the Cam Newton star to come back. But 5-0, and right? You hear that. You hear 5-0 and 
taking down the undefeated San Francisco 49ers and a tough defense. I think that the defense wins this game and it lifts Kyle Allen's boat, the rising tide, which actually complicates things probably more than we need it to. Yeah, it, it does. Um, I, but listen, at the end of the day, a victory is a victory. Uh, I mean, if, if we're able to, uh, you know, I think stick to the game plan, stick to what has worked, and feeding Christian McCaffrey, in my mind, we can't be scared of him. We can't, um, you know, uh, go in and, and think, uh, you know, play scared against that defensive line. In my mind, you're going to run right at him, and I think you're going to show them that you're willing to, uh, uh, you know, outman them, just be tougher and, and be physical with them. I mean, that's how you earn the respect of a defense like that. And I think there were a few games that happened this Sunday, uh, specifically the Bears and the Saints, where it showed what happens when you just keep on chipping away over time. That defense will let up, and but you have to have the right offensive game plan to do it. And I feel like we have all the weapons on our team right now to do that. When you have McCaffrey, you have DJ Moore, we can attack the middle of the field and we can do a plethora of different things with McCaffrey. I don't know if they've faced the kind of offensive power that we have. In fact, I know they haven't. So they beat the Rams. Um, the Rams. That's who the that's the that's the team on their record right now that no, makes them a good the team. Chiefs. The Chiefs. The Rams are kind of garbage. The Chiefs are better are better than the Rams. Well, the Rams put up thirty again last week. I mean, they they're they're all right. So they beat the yeah. but the Chiefs was preseason. That was preseason. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was looking at preseason. My bad. So well, okay. I think Excellent. the Rams are the best, but you know we can score. We can put up points. The Panthers have put up thirty points in uh, several games so far, or at least it feels like upwards of thirty points. And the Forty ers and now the weather was terrible, but they they held the Redskins scoreless, but they only put up nine points themselves. So it's not like they are the the most dynamic. They're not a dynamic offense. We have a good enough defense to stifle their offense. And I think our offense is good enough that we're not going to, they're not going to hold us to seven points like they did the Rams. Right. And, you know, go ahead. I was going to say in this same manner with the same question, man, uh, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and ask, how good do we think the Niners really are? Because like you were, you were just bringing up the schedule. I'm sitting here looking at their schedule. Nine, uh, they beat the Bucks. That's a two win team. They beat the Bengals. That's a zero win team. They beat the Steelers. That's a two win team. The Browns, two win team. Uh, the Rams, they've won th- four. Uh, and that's it. I mean, they haven't really played anybody that's, that's, a, that's a powerhouse team. Um, right. and, and, and like, you know, they played the Redskins this week and they, they beat them nine nothing. And I realized that there was the weather was really bad, but that's the kind of game you run the ball in and you pound the ball. And they're one of the best rushing offenses in the league. And they didn't even score a touchdown against the Redskins. So I mean, they're, and they, I mean, nine points, twenty points, twenty-four points. I guess they did forty-one in one game. I mean, I don't know. I'm not like Cody was saying. I'm not as scared of them. They're not a monster. I don't think they're as good as their record shows. Just just based on all the factors you put into it. So. Yeah, which means that this is going to be a complicated conversation. Now let's turn the conver- conversation a little bit more to well to our offense. Right now, uh, Patrick Mahomes has gone down with a a pretty significant injury and a dislocated kneecap. He did avoid surgery, I believe, or torn tendons or it's damage or something like that. But he has been the guy that everybody is, I think, or was should be 
the league MVP. Does this mean that Patrick Mahone's injury means that McCaffrey, if he runs the Panthers to the playoffs, is a dark horse for the MVP position? I kind of think it has to be, right? And by the way, welcome CK to the show. CK, Not what's going on with your brother? Happy, uh, happy, boys. happy you could join us, man. In fact, let's uh, let's throw it to you right now, man. Where do you think uh, Christian McCaffrey is in the MVP race? All things considered, man. It, the problem is, it's just the the situation. You 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 look at uh, Chris Johnson's season. I mean, he did he broke the record for scrimmage yards in a season and he still wasn't named MVP. It's just a quarterback's uh, it's a quarterback's trophy with so many guys playing so well. I know Russell Wilson had a bad day, but you know, he still has some of the best numbers this, uh, this season, Aaron Rodgers. outside of Patrick Mahomes. There's just too many names that are going to be more popular than Christian McCaffrey. I hate that, but I just, I, I can't see a situation where they put Christian McCaffrey in that conversation in a serious manner. Yeah. He'll get a commendable top three or four, probably, is what they'll say. I, I mean, listen. He was in the talks. You know, he certainly has to be in the running for the offensive player of the year. Ty Gurley won that last year. I mean, Absolutely. listen, all, all these awards, you know, it's the same thing with the Heisman Trophy to me, too. Like, if you have a, a college football team and you have a player that's kind of up for the Heisman, all these awards, listen, man, they're gravy. At the end of the day, the only thing I want is the Super Bowl. The yeah. only thing I want is a Super Bowl. And in my mind, it doesn't matter if, you know, we have uh, Cam Newton as an MVP or Christian McCaffrey. As long as this team is playing on fire, dude, that's the only thing I want. So, yeah, with that said, I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to win the MVP award. It would be incredible if he did. Um, there's no doubt that right right now in the NFL, he is the most dominant offensive weapon that there is. That doesn't play the quarterback position, and he's proven it week in and week out. And um, especially if he does it against San Francisco and their defensive line, uh, yeah, you, you have to start mentioning him as a real legitimate MVP contender. How do we get better, guys? Right to this week, you saw the or today we start to see we see the San Francisco 49ers. They add Emmanuel Sanders who some people had linked saying that the Carolina Panthers could be interested in. You also saw the Patriots, they trade for Mohamed Sanu today. The Car- you said you wanted a Super Bowl championship, Cody. How do we get better? I mean, obviously, I think the answer is Cam Newton. But do we need to get better? I mean, you know, it's hard to say that we need to get better than leading the NFL in sacks. We're doing great in takeaways. Um, I, I do think our offense, the passing game, could stand to go to the next level. And in my mind, you know, that's something that can still happen. I still don't think that we've seen the best out of Curtis Samuel, who we've all predicted to have a big year this year. DJ Moore. I mean, I think that as we get later into November and as we move into the tougher part of the schedule, you have to be versatile. We're not going to be able to fully rely on Christian all the time. We have to be able to push the ball down the field. So uh, in my mind, we have to be able to pass better than we are now if we're going to be a legitimate contender. A.J. Green. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's what I was hoping you were going to walk into. I I was setting you up, brother. 
I'll say Cincinnati already said the other day AJ Green is not on the trade block. They're not trading. Yeah, but do we believe that though? No, I, mean, I don't believe it. They're, they're stuck with Andy Dalton all these years. I believe they're going to stick with AJ Green. But they're they terrible. Gonna, it's time. It's time to. They need to. They're going to have to rebuild entirely. Yeah. Shout out to Ross Gold for the shout out to Ross Gold for the donation to the show. He said someone on ESPN said CMC is the only in the MVP race because he's a white running back. How you can't say that on the first whoever said that needs to get iced up, right? Uh, because I did, you know, I had the opportunity to speak with Chris Johnson. You guys know CJ2K, used to play for the Titans, former running back for the East Carolina Pirates. He uh, came on the sports bar with Clip Brock and I this past Friday, and I asked him what, uh, who he liked to uh, watch in the NFL as a running back. Or maybe Clip asked him that. That was Clip asked him. And he knew I was a Panthers guy, and he said Dalvin Cook. He said Zeke. <laughs> and he said, uh, was it Probably Saquon? Sure. Like in Saquon. Saquon. Totally left McCaffrey out. So you know, he's not funny. an MVP to dang Chris Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? You guys, you were talking about how uh, they were saying the only reason he's in the MVP race because he's white running back. I think that's probably a big part of the reason why he's not even in the conversation for most people, is because they don't even look in that direction. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, know. they talk about it on shows all the time. He doesn't he's... look the part. I don't think right yeah, now. Exactly. And I I don't know. I think he is a legitimate MVP candidate. Oh, yeah. Think about this. What if he really stays on pay? What I think is that we're going to continue to look Russell Wilson. The quarterback is a dominant position, obviously, to look towards and the favorite. But if somehow the Panthers continue to win, Cam Newton comes back, and then all of a sudden they're going into the playoffs as really like maybe a 12-4 and four team. And Christian McCaffrey has 2,800 total, all total yards or whatever, 1,400 rushing, 14 receiving. It's going to be hard not to talk about it. That's what I would say is that he better be getting some some love. I also want to say this. You can give the C3 Panthers podcast some love um, by subscribing, smashing the thumbs up button. And here, I just shared a link in the chat, and it's to my kids' Boy Scout troop popcorn order form my kid is trying to sell popcorn he sucks at it i hate selling popcorn but he came up with this web ability to do this on his own and he sent me the link he's 11 years old if you buy some popcorn from the kid it will help his boy scout troop i sent the link there and also to pivot on to another plug the Panthers head to San Francisco five and a five and a half point dogs and you can be a part of the action by uh, going to my bookie, mybookie.ag. Uh, they will get you in. They, it's the most trusted site in America at the moment. And you can check out the San Francisco 49ers in a battle of the two NFL's hottest teams on October 27th. There's no better way to enhance your watching experience than with mybookie.ag. Here's my thought. Right now, 41 and a half over under and the Panthers are getting five and a half points. I spoke with uh, Rafael Esperanza earlier tonight, and he said, hey, you wait a little bit longer in the week, and this number moves to six because the sexy pick right now is San Francisco. So I say take the points, 
parlay it with an under in a low-scoring game and win, win, win with the Carolina Panthers. And you can do that by going to mybookie.ag. Be sure to use the promo code OVERTIME. They'll match your first deposit. All right. Um, Emmanuel Sanders now with the San Francisco 49ers. Does that change anything for you guys in this matchup? I actually think it may help us because, you know, quarterback and wide receiver timing and, and uh, you know, chemistry has got to go together well. So if they're playing the first game together, they may not be in it. I mean, sometimes you're playing backyard ball and it just works out. But uh, it could work to our advantage, actually. I, I personally, if I had to throw my, my you know, opinion in the ring, it's – uh, I think it doesn't help at all, honestly. I think it, it kind of plays to the same thing that uh, Greg was saying, that you know that timing may be off. But I also think they're going to try to force feed him because of it. Right. You know, they're going to try to show, hey, you're welcome. You know, it's going to be such a big thing. It's going to show our fans why we decided to give up what we gave up for you. Second round is, you know, that was what he got a second. No, third and fourth round is what he had. Um, but. Uh, I, I just Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been good. He's been he's got what seven touchdowns to five interceptions. Um, right. You know he's not he's not played well. Um, his only offensive uh, outlet has been Kittle, and uh, they held him in check last week. So if we can game plan very well, I, I think Garoppolo is going for a long day. I think that defense is our biggest problem. Yeah, they actually kind of mirror the Panthers in some ways. I mean, it's a quarterback that's not a terrible quarterback but not a great one that carry that helps carry the team to where they got to go and the defense in the running uh, game is what wins the game for them so they're very similar to us they are and, and uh you know I, two defensive rookie of the year candidates in bosa and burns uh who by the way brian burns had a surgery on his wrist but apparently he isn't good to go and uh he will be ready to play for us yeah i mean really if if okay what's the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Allen. In my opinion, relatively nothing. They're about the same height, about the same arm talent. They do about the same things. Uh, you don't ask them to do too much. But at the same time, uh, they they can efficiently run the offense. So, yeah, these are two very similar teams. Um, they're defensive first football teams. And I'm just interested to see um, how much – I mean – you know, instead of throwing the ball right at him, I mean, how well-versed is Emmanuel Sanders going to be in the playbook by the time he plays against us, you know? I mean, I, I don't know how many snaps he'll get, but they wanted him for this matchup. So that tells me that Kyle Shanahan and everyone over there with the 49ers, they know this is by far the best team that they have played all season. We are not like any of the other lightweights that they've played thus far. So including they, the Rams. Yeah, including the Rams. So they know they have they have a hungry, talented football team looking to make a statement in prime time. You know they've got the top passing defense in the league. We have yeah. we, we we go back they and have. forth with them. Yeah. Well, well, the Patriots again, right go. now it's we're seventh, but it's forty uh, ers and the Patriots passing defense. Huh. Yeah. We were number one for a little while. Yeah, but. we were, but problem is we faced uh, uh, the Jaguars and the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they had yep. some garbage time yardage that they ended yeah. up getting. That's why there's sometimes those stats a lot to you. I'll tell you, though, Cody, the, the difference between uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Allen is about $89 million. That's yeah, no big deal. Garoppolo yeah, is heavily overpaid. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Good Lord. 
Um, yeah, he's an undrafted free agent too, Kyle. So, dude, he's making NFL minimum money right now, which is still my salary for the next fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's what probably five hundred thousand dollars to starting quarterback undrafted. Uh, pro- probably. Yeah, I think about he's that. making. He might be making more since he's like played. I can look it up, but you know, yeah. obviously he's making, he is not making a lot in comparison to the other guys. You know, the one bad thing about that is like, now you've got friends that have more expensive habits and they're like, so come on to with us this weekend here. And poor Kyle <laughs> Allen's like, man, I might not have a job that much longer. Does he get a job long-term after this? Think about what, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater right now is playing himself into a contract, right? Yeah. yeah. Kyle Allen is a, arguably a, playing himself into a contract. There's I think, a reason that people are calling asking for Cam and not Kyle. True that. Oh yeah. Well, I it would be yeah. it would be like Pigskin Pete, the greatest travesty if the there there's no sense in talking about Cam Newton being traded at this point. I don't even think I'll field it. I think I'm going to hang up on cat calls if they say it. Because you can't – what would you do? I mean, you at least keep him for next year, unless he's just broken. Do the contract. Well, Tacos and Slurpees was talking about that earlier on uh, on Twitter where he was talking about how – I don't know what these people – what the, the announcers and commentators are saying because in one breath they'll say that Cam Newton's done, and that Kyle Allen's going to take his job, and then they'll write an article about how this team needs to trade for Cam Newton. But why would you want to trade for a player that you're saying is done and then can't play? It, it doesn't make any sense. He's clearly not done. And the fact yeah. that I think he was running like that and they publicized it in that video, guys, today, and they showed Cam doing what was obviously some real football. He said he couldn't run at all. He couldn't run around the stadium at one point. Today, I saw him high-stepping. Now, you don't publicize and put that on television if he's not getting a better a little bit. I don't know. Crowd control, man. You might. You think so? Tell yeah. me. Tell me why. It, it, it may just be to, to bring down the hype of people who are, who are um, you know, going back and forth with this Cam Newton, talking trash about Cam Newton, you know, because that's a psyche thing, too. You don't want your fan base turning on your quarterback while he's down. Uh, yeah, that makes it. They already have. Half of well, them already some, have. Some have. I'm a faithful Cam guy. So, some have, but um, yeah, I, I I don't think it's a good thing to to have. I mean, they they put it out there to, to to quiet the noise down a little bit. I think it's just like the the hype video they made after his shoulder surgery when he was throwing the ball ten feet in the locker room. Uh, they're just putting it out there so people will have something to talk about that's not negative. In my opinion, would you guys take uh, Cody? You there? Yeah, I'm here, man. Go ahead. What do you think? Would you take? Uh, Kyle Allen or Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, I mean, listen, I, I, it's hard for me to give an opinion on that and be reasonable. Uh, I, I think Teddy Bridgewater has had more time as a starter. So just for that alone, I'd probably say him. But listen, I, and I said this last time, you know, we're Cam Newton defenders. So I feel like sometimes it comes off. Like, we're shitting on Kyle Allen, but we call him a game manager quarterback. Listen, a lot of other NFL teams wish they had a game manager quarterback right Amen. now. Kyle Allen is balling for the Panthers. He's doing fantastic things. Um, I think considering what has been asked of him and how much time he's played before, I mean, you could not ask 
for more from a backup quarterback. Kyle Allen has been uh, absolutely incredible. But Ken Dye brought up something a minute ago, and we haven't talked about this scenario yet. Allen set up to lose on the road versus a top team. Then it's easy to start Cam yes. next week against the Titans. No controversy. We looked so, at it from the other perspective. We looked right. at it from the Panthers go in there, get the win, makes this a complicated question. But you go in there, the Panthers put up 10 points, and Christian McCaffrey puts up seven of them by himself, right? All of a sudden, it's real easy to say, man, we're excited to have Cam back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. I think that goes back to what I was saying before. Even if Kyle Allen loses, if Cam's not healthy, I don't want him out there. Oh, certainly, yeah. I think he is. And and I also don't. I think that if 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 Cam Newton's not fully healthy and Kyle Allen loses and we drop Kyle, we take Kyle Allen out, put Cam in. I don't think that's fair to Kyle Allen either. You know, I I don't want to. I'm not going to bury Cam for a mistake. I'm not going to bury Kyle Allen for the same thing. I, you know, I like I enjoy both quarterbacks, but it, for me, it's all whether he's healthy or not. It's, whether Kyle Allen loses or not doesn't matter to me. How want, easy though is it for Cam Newton to step right in there under center if he is healthy and we're coming off a loss rather than winning five straight? And then the question, then it's a it's a less complicated question then. I think it depends on the style of loss. If Kyle Allen throws three interceptions, fumbles the ball twice, and we only put up seven, ten points, and we get blown out by 30 points, yeah, it's real easy. If he loses the game because the kicker missed the field goal, it's still mm. a little more difficult, you know? Okay, good point. Guys, let's go ahead and shift gears to the cat calls. The number's 252-228-5098. You can be a part of the show like Pigskin Pete was earlier. He was live, but if you call in right now, you can leave a message. You get three minutes, and we'll play as much as we can tolerate. Because if you're about trading Cam, I'm cutting you off. I'm already saying it. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Hey, what's going on, guys? This is your boy, Brandon Herbert, and... Um, Brother Herbert! Some thing happened. I was listening to your podcast, <laughs> and uh, I mean, after I was working out and everything, and and I heard something interesting. So, if you, yeah, if people want to talk about me, that's fine. I don't care because the thing is, I actually look at I I'm not gonna just not criticize somebody because they're on my team. So I'm not gonna stoop as low as that idiot did. That uh about talking about because I don't know him personally. So, what I'm going to say is James Barrett Bradbury, and I get what the other guy on the show was saying about a lot of zone coverage. I wasn't even talking about the zone coverage. I was talking about what I saw man on man and like I said, that's for everybody. If if that's your opinion, if you want to think James Bradbury is good, go right ahead. That's not that, that's not, that ain't got nothing to do with me. so I was talking about man on man what I've seen his reactionary skills just because somebody does something good doesn't mean you just look over and ignore the bad Um, and another thing he said see if you're going to talk about me make sure you be factual you said that I don't ever say anything good about him 
what was that, two or three weeks ago, if you can rewind that back, I actually gave him praise for, and I, say, I still say this, not, I don't really think he's a good cornerback, but he's been playing really well. A few weeks ago, in, in that fact, but since people want to listen, it, I mean, they don't want to listen, they just want to talk, 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 um, maybe you, you, you look over that. But regardless... <laughs> He said, go to the tape. He said, go to the tape. I still don't think Brad, James Bradbury is good. <laughs> I still, still think <laughs> we should move on. If we didn't pay freaking Josh Norman, I damn sure don't want to play Brad, James Bradbury. I think James um, Bradbury is better than Josh Norman. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe some of the, the Panther fans like settling for mediocrity, mm. but that's not me. I want the best. Get him, brother. That, and I'm going to keep fighting for the best until I get the best. The best. So, Chris Gamble, that was consistent. And I know that a lot of people don't, don't, don't may not remember how great he really was. Chris Gamble was consistently. Uh, he struggled, know, though, in year two. three. He started to get Not lazy pro. He admitted that. Games. You know I what? still remember Chris, Chris Campbell holding the, the likes of Calvin Johnson to 65 yards. The likes of, you know. All right. Well, that's bro- Brother Herbert. I'm sure he's probably the next call as well. But let's turn our attention. He's cal- cal- good for- Thanks for calling in, Brother Herbert. That's the way. Stand your ground. Bradbury, though, it was the <laughs> subject of an athletic report uh, today. I think it was today that was put out. Uh, Jordan Rodriguez put out with so. This is the title of the article: "With so few Panthers signed through 2020 and most playing well, Marty Herney must start prioritizing." And right now, the priority contracts that they are referenced, it says, but at least two, a league source told the Athletic, are considered top priorities. For longer-term extensions, quarterback James Bradbury and Shaq Thompson. Bradbury was thrust into a difficult role as a starter. He's played all four years. I think, uh, to be to be fair to Bradbury, um, he has been pretty durable. He has been available, and I think he is getting better. The question I'll pose to you guys, is Bradbury better than Josh Norman? When he was with Carolina. Yeah. I think Bradbury's been more consistent than uh, Josh Norman. Bradbury's been a productive, uh, it, or let me rephrase that because it's not going to necessarily show up in the stats. He's held a lot of really good players to a very small amount of yardage over his entire career. You know, when it comes to Mike Evans and uh, just the divisional opponents with uh, Julio Jones, even Michael Thomas. Like so when you Mike Thomas and even you know Brandon Cooks before Mike Thomas, you know, there's there's a lot of success that he's had. But, you know, the problem is, is the stats aren't going to show that he's been more consistent. He's had he's had the success early on where Josh Norman took a little while to get to the place where he was. So that's where I think that Bradbury is has maybe a higher ceiling than Josh Norman did. Yeah, two different so levels draft pick too, second and a six, I believe. Not entirely so sure. I, I, I think that Bradbury has been better sooner. So really, I mean, if we're keeping 100, you know, Josh Norman had one ball out year for the Carolina Panthers, and that was the best defense that, you know, had been in Carolina at that time. Uh, I think that as far as everything that you ask a corner to do, press man, zone, 
um, identifying where routes are going and how they break down. I just think that Bradbury has been a more physical corner and and is more versatile. I trust him more in press man coverage, whereas Josh Norman, that's 100% a zone corner. I and think- by the way, I love Josh Norman. Like Josh Norman, like the, the dude himself, He's such a cool dude. He's also into Batman, so him and Gerald McCoy would get along. Like the dude, like that's the home dog, Josh Norman. But I want to be careful. I want to be careful. Real, I'd pay Bradbury. Yeah. I, me personally, I want to be careful that I don't overly turn my back on Josh Norman by saying I think Bradbury is better than Josh Norman was as he was a Panther. I think if you took Josh Norman's best season with the Carolina Panthers, that one season. He was one of the best corners in the league, and it got him paid like that, right? So I'm not taking anything, but Redskins fans have shit on him the whole time he's been there. He is, and now their yeah. whole team is stunk. So I do think it's unfair to judge a corner in that who tends to be a better zone type player in a ski, in a team that's just a crap hole right now. But I think Bradbury collectively has been better. You said he got better sooner. That's the truth. He had to start from day one. Josh Norman wasn't trusted to start anywhere in his first one or two seasons, I believe. So I think it was the fourth season before he actually started get playing. Uh, we had the big big year. Yeah. So um, and I, Josh was benched at one point in time. I, I, I think it was two thousand. It was early on. It was after that Buffalo game. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I love the passion with the call and and I get, I get what he's saying and you don't have to believe Bradbury is a good cornerback. Uh, we can, can't we be in the middle, Greg? Can't we just say he's not like uh Patrick Peterson at his prime, but he's not, um, I'm trying to think of who are some of the schmuckos we've had to deal with in the past couple of years. Yeah. Well, I just look at it like this and you know, like, like he said, he's not going to overlook, uh, the bad things the guy does, no matter how good the good things are. Well, when you have a game where you have two interceptions and ten tackles, that's Deion Sanders type numbers. So you're gonna you're gonna get mad at that guy and say he's garbage because he had one blown coverage on man to man defense where the guy dropped the ball. I mean, it might have been a touchdown regardless, but one blown coverage that I saw, and there may have been more. I'm not saying there wasn't. But the man had ten tackles and, and two interceptions. Like how can you at any point in time say that's bad? If if a quarterback throws for five touchdowns and four hundred and fifty yards, but he throws one pick, are you gonna harp on that one pick? And talk about how he's not as good as everybody says he is because that one pick. No, you, you got you got to pick and choose what you want to believe as far as it goes. And I, I think it's a lot of passion he's speaking with, not stats, because the stats show that he's a he's a in the top thirty percent in quarterbacks in the NFL. He, I just looked at him; he's like the forty first ranked out of the top top hundred twenty five cornerbacks in the NFL. That's about thirty five percent, top thirty five percent. Let's so, say I mean, that, that's let's say good. this: he is not Antoine Kaysan either. That's what Brandon Herbert makes him out to be, is like Antoine Quezon. If you guys remember that, 2014, we trotted out there, Antoine Quezon, Josh Norman, before he was great, and Roman Harper and Thomas Deku, and they got shredded, right? That was the worst, right? All right, so you can continue to be a part of the show, 252-228-5098. Let's push to the next call. Let's see, I bet you it's Yeah, he's back. He's back. I I still remember Chris Gamble. I still remember, you know – Mike Rucker, Mike Mentor, like all these greats that were consistently giving us the same thing every week. So if you want to talk uh, 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 or or try to 
getting mad because I'm criticizing? Yes, you're damn right I'm criticizing. I'm not going to settle for mediocrity. And if you want to, take your mediocrity ass and sit down somewhere. Oh. Like, so, yeah, my voice is not as deep as yours. Whatever the fuck. Bro, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I don't even know who you are. So His name's Moneybags. Yeah. Now that that's Chill. out of the way, let's talk about some actual facts, facts. and about football. It. I can't wait. Like I tell y'all all the time, I still think we should rock Cam Newton because it, we got to decide we need to finish. This is the we first time we've ever said we should rock with Cam so Newton. I think we should rock with Cam Newton to the end of the year. And if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. I want to win. But we need to know if we're going to uh, stick with this man because next year if we cut him, it's only $2 million in dead cap. So it's not going to hurt us if we cut him. What are we talking so about we cutting need to just find out what's going on with that. Brandon Butler, he's playing I, pretty I mean, good right now. I understand okay. the point of what uh, he's trying to say. You know, Shaq Thompson surprised me, and I'm, I can admit when I'm wrong, Shaq Thompson has been playing lights out this year. So uh, we have a lot of decisions on our hands. Anyway, guys, sorry about the long rant, mm. and love your show, and always keep pounding. Thanks, Brother Herbert. Two things real quick. Uh, I wanted to correct myself. I said James Bradbury was the 41st ranked quarterback or cornerback out of 125. Uh, updated list, he's actually the 24th ranked cornerback out of 125. So he's even better than the top 30%. He's closer to about 18%, like the top 20% of quarterbacks. So the stats show that James Bradbury is a good cornerback. Uh and just real quick on that comment, man. Like I said, Brandon, I love the I love the passion. I'm not telling you you're wrong about anything, but I I can't say I don't get how you can harp on Vern on on a James Bradbury for the way he plays, and then praise Vernon Butler because he's had two good games in a four year mm, career. Good point. Go ahead, Cody. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I mean, listen, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm of the mindset that a lot of the times some of the best players in the NFL, are, you know, they're not the biggest names. And, uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey has this huge ego and he's talking. But I guarantee you, every time you watch Jalen Ramsey, he'll make some beautiful shutdown play. And then on the next, he'll let a a receiver run right by him or miss a route concept and, and what have you. And I feel like, you know, not just Brother Herbert. I feel like a lot of people have seen uh, James Bradbury miss or not tackle correctly or blow a coverage, and then that sticks in your mind. But cornerback and offensive line are similar in that when you're not talking about them, that means that they're doing their job because teams aren't going in that direction or your offensive lineman isn't fucking up for everyone else. So I think Bradbury is a little bit a victim of that, you know, and he's a very soft-spoken dude, very quiet, very to himself. Um, But listen, you know, I think the grass is always greener on the other side, and you might find yourself missing James Bradbury if we don't decide to sign him. I mean, good shutdown corners, and you can debate on whether or not you believe he's a shutdown corner, but good corners don't just grow on trees. So I'm definitely thankful to have him on our team right right now. We're going to need him. We haven't heard from CK on the matter, so I'm about to go rapid fire. CK... Yes, uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to ask you a series of questions about this this situation right here. And you just got to say, 
Brad, better or worse, right? Better or worse, Bradbury, because he talked about consistency at the position. 2011, first, uh, the, we're going to only do Ron Rivera error, all right? Okay. 2011, Chris Gamble, the 2011 Chris Gamble or the James Bradbury? Who's better? better. Bradbury, is he better or worse? Bradbury. Oh, in Bradbury. the last year, going over. Okay. Uh, the other starter that year was Captain Munnerlin. No, worse. Or better than uh, uh, Munnerlin. Better than Munnerlin. All right. So 2012, there we go. Next season, first year without, um, who did I say? Oh, wait, I just lost his, my, my his, who's our, the guy, got, got, um, who was the guy that he was talking about? Chris. Chris our best Gamble? corner. Yeah, thank you. All right, I just, yeah. just his name's All right, our first year without Chris Gamble, Josh Norman as a rookie. Do we have um is Bradbury or Josh Norman? Bradbury. All right. So Munnerlin was the other guy that year. All right. So next Bradbury. season is 2013 was Melvin White and Captain Munnerlin. Yeah. Bradbury. I mean, it's pretty clear. All right, yeah. next. Season, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not even a question there at this point. Now, the next season was uh, Norman and Kason. Twenty fourteen. Bradbury. Yeah, still Bradbury. Twenty fifteen. Like I said, was Norman and. Uh, Twenty fifteen was Norman. Ben and... Ben Wickery, right? Yeah. yeah. Big play, Ben. Charles Tillman. I still think uh, Bradbury, at that point in his career, I think Bradbury over top of him. Uh, Norman still was a system guy. I mean, he produced really well as in the system that we set up for him. So, but I still got to go Norman. He, he, is Bradbury he our – is Bradbury, hot take, is Bradbury our franchise – second best franchise cornerback? Yes, consistently-wise, yeah, absolutely. Wow. How about that? I mean, Brother Herbert, your you. head might have yeah. just exploded. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm, you know, uh, I, I think that Dante Jackson, especially when you add him to the mix, I mean, the, we, we have the best corner tandem that we've had since Ron Rivera has been the coach of the football team. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, I mean, I mean, this is easily our best defensive backfield that the Panthers have ever had. Trey Boston was a beautiful addition. And, I mean, listen, we have two corners that a lot of teams would probably trade some quality draft picks for. So, yeah, it's a blessing, man. That's the question. Who is another corner that in our history that is better than Bradbury? Because if we all agree that uh, Gamble is the guy, maybe it's Ricky Manning Jr. with that season with all the interceptions and the Super Bowl. Maybe he's a season, right? Well, yeah, he had he thing, had yeah. two he had two or three good seasons. They went and played with Bears. He was pretty good. He might be our second best corner ever for right now on record. All right, I do want to remind everybody this is that this show is brought to you by the CBS Sports app. Uh, it's called Go Check Out CBS Sports HQ. It's a brand new streaming sports news network. It's live twenty four seven. Costs you nothing. That's right. It's sports coverage that's always on and always free. And guys, I went and checked out this app and you really get to watch just content on your phone. What I like about it the most is that as you're watching the CBS Sports HQ app, it just 
these these like twelve minute videos, right? Essentially, mini podcasts, and they've basically taken their live TV show and made it so it's like a continuous podcast running uh, on the video as well. So make sure that you check out the CBS Sports HQ app. And uh, there's no fake debates. It's just real sports for fans at a great price, completely free. That's the great price. You don't even have to log in or sign up. That's what I also liked about it is I hate logging in and uh, getting emails for everything. So download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. All right, let's continue through with the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, You got... I'm in Tampa right now. Uh, been uh, here for about two years, so been dealing with these Bucks fans for, for quite a while. But um, yeah, man, what's up, man? Welcome. After the first loss, felt like we need we, we needed that win in our home. But very happy on how the team is playing now. Uh, I'm confident. Um, defense is playing lights out. Definitely top three defense in the league right now. Um, and wow, I just want to talk a little bit about Kyle. Kyle's playing. Um, he's doing what we need as far as as a quarter a quarterback. He's doing exactly what we need. Um, we'll see if he comes back with this next call. Let's check it. This is, might be him, part two. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, the line here, Twitter handle nd ndb sir. Um. Yeah, I'm in Tampa, living in Tampa now. It's been about two years I've been here and uh, dealing with the Bucks fans and everything like that. So it's actually Same pretty fun. No, nope. um, he just started. You know, <laughs> we actually been pretty pretty good the past couple of years. Top of Look, the, top I of think he keeps going. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, first time caller here. Then, uh, <laughs> into the Third time caller, actually. I'm loving, you, loving everything. The opinions, the fans calling in. Um... Just, I love how real cutthroat and straightforward you guys is, too. So I just want to appreciate you guys for doing this. Um, I'm not in town as far as uh, Charlotte. I'm from Rocky Mount, but I'm living in okay. Tampa now. From Rocky Mount? That's where my dad's from. Years, so appreciate you, man. These knucklehead Bucks fans that, that can't get rid of their fucking bad, bad juice for greatness. They need to find time to move off from them, man. They tell him my uh, my brother that he's from Tampa. They tell him for years he's not he's not what everybody seems to put him out to be. But um, back to what uh, back to how you know how we're playing and everything. Defense lights out, top three defense, no question about it. Um, the only teams I could argue, probably argue to say that better is the Bills and the Patriots defense. But mind you, Bills haven't played a real good. I mean, not the Bills, the Patriots. They haven't played a good team. Barely yet, and um, the Bills, Bills. I mean, I'm loving how we how we come along every game. We're getting better. Um, team is gelling just good. Um, Want to talk a little bit about Cam Newton and the cow situation? Um, I know you guys like Cam. Some of you guys really love Cam and everything like that. But this is my input on it. Uh, for years, I've been watching Cam. Been really like watching. Don't Bill say trade him. How he's been progressing. Mainly. Finger on the button. And um, <laughs> I, you know, he turned into a football player, but. How could I hang up on a third time caller? The most talented players in the NFL. <laughs> God given abilities is undeniable. He's, you know, 6'5, 6'6, 250 pounds, and the run. Mobile, 
agile, everything. Got a big arm, but my big issue with Cam Newton has always been is how he, what's his, I want to know what his, 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 how he studies, what's his, what's his, like, his work ethic, I just question his work ethic sometimes because sometimes he's like a first read, he, he, he checks his first read, and then after that, he just lost. You can see he'll duck his head. The pressure gets him, or something like that. He's holding the ball, and at, like after the first three, he can't really do much after that. What I always notice from him. Come on, this is what. Not true at all, uh, my man. Eighth year, ninth year, or something, and and you're still <laughs> pretty much the same quarterback you came in. Okay, yeah, you're you're able to you throw a little bit better, a little bit more accurate, but. Other than that, you still, as far as your progression, going through your progressions. All right. Thanks for the call. Now, I think this just shows recency issues, right? Is that we just haven't seen it in, a, in recently. And so now we look around the league and it's the new flavor of the week. And that Cam, and then we kind of fall back. I think it's kind of an easy argument to fall into a little bit. Yeah. And the, the thing that's so bothersome about it. And listen, man, uh, thank you for the call. Listen, whatever opinion you have, if you're a Panther fan, we accept all Panther fans. You can think whatever you want to think. This is my deal. A lot of these takes that, I mean, he's not the only one that thinks that way. A lot of people think this way about Cam Newton. And to me, it's kind of baffling. I mean, I, I don't, listen, not everyone's a football nerd like I am. I like to look at all 22 I like to break down the positions and watch the play unfold, trying to know what concepts the uh, and, and what uh, formation the defense is in. All that stuff, I'm into it. If you're not into it, then it's easy for you to kind of believe the narrative that Cam Newton's a one-rear quarterback. If he doesn't hit that, then he's not uh, – then he's looking to run. And a lot of this stuff is just false, man. It's not, it's not rooted in any truth. Cam Newton is one of the better quarterbacks – post-snap, um, and, and pre-snap, uh, he does such a good job, especially in 2015, at reading the defense, calling audibles at the line. And for a long time, you know, a lot of fans have wanted us to put the offense more into Cam Newton's hands, whereas they're kind of trying to put shackles on him and, and make him play a certain style. You have to let Cam Newton be Cam. I mean, uh, a lot of this, I don't know where it stems from, but it's it just stems a from the Tampa game. It's, it stems from this com- this conversation. This, it's been around for a while. It's man. always been there, right? Is that it yeah. was early on, Cam couldn't be the quarterback. And then even when he was a quarterback, people were saying it was because we had the best scoring defense and this and that. Really, though, it's all, this conversation always exists. It's kind of like, uh, I'm trying to think, if it's like some something that just festers and lives, sometimes it gets bigger, sometimes it goes away, right? And the only reason right now I think that that, that kind of narrative has got any traction is just because we saw that Tampa game, right? And I won't say traction, but has resurfaced, has gotten audible again. Cam Newton comes in, yeah. plays lights out. All of a sudden, it's it's back. It's a different story. Yeah, and shout out Jeff Hodge in the chat saying people forget the first eight games of last year when Cam Newton had the highest completion percentage of his career in North Turner's offense with the same pieces that he has now. 
I mean, Andrew wasn't even throwing the deep ball last year. So now imagine Cam to Curtis with a healthy, improved Cam Newton shoulder this year. Anyone who knows anything about NFL talent knows that Cam Newton at 100% is far and away the better quarterback to uh, to play for the Carolina Panthers over Kyle Allen. It's not even close. I think he said his Twitter handle was MDBSir. I think that's how I, I was looking back at it. Ken Dye says this in the chat room that uh, I'll point it out again. With Cam on the field, we can attack any spot on the field. Allen doesn't do that for us. I think one of the, the uh, we've seen Deshaun Watson unravel that type of talk. I don't know is is if Cam if was the Amazon Prime enough to do that. I don't know. Um, what'd you guys say, CK? Man, and, and I want to first start out by saying that um, I, what I'm about to say is from frustration, not just from our uh, caller, but from having to have this conversation with every person who knows that I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. Um, the argument that Cam isn't a leader is so commonly brought up. And I sit there and I, I look at it and, they, these, you know, it's it's at work. My, my stepfather, even this past weekend, was trying to say, you know, we well, we I think you guys are better with Kyle Allen. You know, uh, I've never seen Cam Newton have the the type of uh, poise that that guy has. And I'm like, mm. yeah, first and foremost, if you're not a fan and you're not watching every press conference, right. you're not looking at every YouTube post that he puts up, every Instagram post that he puts up. If you're not reading every article that has to do with Cam Newton, you you, you have to be able to stay, take a step back and realize that there is some information you don't know. And there's a lot of the media that is not providing that information to you as they may with other quarterbacks. Um, Cam Newton is by far the, you know, is I would say maybe somewhat second to Jake DeLone. I think Jake DeLone was a really good leader. Um, but by far, one of the best leaders our, our team has ever had. Um, and when you talk about work ethic, if you watch his, you know, Instagram, He's up at four o'clock in the morning on the treadmill. I know a lot of these guys do, but I can tell you there's a lot of quarterbacks who don't have that type of drive. He went vegan because he thought it would help him physically. He, he, let's be honest. If he didn't care about his job, if he didn't care about football, if he didn't have a work ethic, you think he wouldn't be just chowing down on some meat right now? I'm just being honest with you guys. He thinks he's doing what's best for his body. I know he, he may be one of the hardest workers in Panther history, to be honest. Absolutely. So really? all of this yeah. comes from a frustration of – having to deal with so many people having this argument that Cam Newton isn't a good leader, but doesn't have enough evidence to back it up. All they can talk about is the towel from the first season. And then mm-hmm. they're going to bring up the press conference from the Super Bowl and the, and the, and the football. Uh, Do you see Zach Grenke, by the way, did you see Zach Grenke after he wa- lost for the, the uh, Houston, um, who is it? Astros. He had, I think, I mean, he had one of the, he did the same thing. Cam did. These guys, uh, they're not, they're human beings. Right is that I think Cam has showed a tremendous leadership and work ethic. I don't think it's work ethic, if anything. As I, I mean, we just have. I won't say that. I think Watson really took on this in those press conferences where they asked him about what these guys were doing, and he just broke it down for him. I, I don't know if right. it's going to take Cam Newton doing that and like getting the chalkboard out and giving a lesson to us. Um, but we know Cam Newton is a hard worker. And I, I, did you guys see there's a video floating around right now about Kelvin Benjamin, the laziest wide receiver in league history? 
Yeah. It's got like a hundred thousand views or something crazy on it. I saw yeah, somebody sent it to raps did that. We, we tried to get him on the podcast at one time. We still need to. Uh, we still need to do that. But uh, yeah, man. And listen, I just want to uh, hit on something that Cody said real quick. I have this conversation every other day. Dude, the mailman will come up to my house talking shit about the difference between Kyle Allen and uh, dude. Like we have these discussions all the time. Jeff, uh, Chef Jeff, even said the same thing in the chat room. It's like we're constantly having to defend Cam Newton from a bunch of people that have not the foggiest idea what they're looking at, what's going on. So it's like, yeah, it it becomes frustrating at times. So. Yeah, this is where hey, we man. come to lay down the truth. Greg, before you go, I just one more point. My stepfather, he was bringing up, he was like, you know, I was watching Sam Darnold. Every time every time you cut to Sam Darnold, he's looking at the screen wondering how he can get better. And I'm like, oh, you're God. really trying to compare Cam to Sam Darnold right now? I mean, oh, come on, gosh. bro. Yeah. <laughs> when the moment he said that, I was like, all right, this conversation's done. Anyway, how do go we, ahead, Greg. Yeah, how do you deal with that? <sighs> I deal with the work it's all the hard. time, man. <laughs> All the time. Uh, I, I do want to say for that caller uh okay there is a difference between work ethic and execution of plays okay i'm five foot eight i can go to the gym every day for three hours and work on trying to dunk a basketball that's my work ethic that's how hard i work for it i'm never gonna do it mm, never. That, that, that's the difference in the execution now my work ethic can be the best you've ever seen doesn't mean that i'm going to execute what i'm working at Perfectly. Now, I'm not saying that Cam Newton can't replays. I tend to agree more with Cody on this one that may- maybe that needs to be looked into a little more because he does go through his progressions. He does replays. Uh, you know, when he's healthy, he's a great quarterback. But work ethic and execution of plays are two different things. Cam Newton's work ethic should not be questioned by any means. Uh, he's one of the, I think him and Christian McCaffrey are probably two of the hardest working NFL players. Are saying. I mean, there are a bunch that I can point out to. Uh, but but those two guys, man, they, they – they, they, they're always working, always, always working on their craft. So, mm. all right. Next, you hear, you hear Panther players talking about this dedication, too. All right. So, all it right. It could let's, be a bias. Plus, so. Let's let's go through the next call. Hey, y'all. What's up? It's uh, Barney from Brooklyn calling. Barney, Love what's up, podcast. Listen every week. Um, Thanks, Barney. Call in to see uh, what you guys think now since we know that Allen is going to be starting against. 49ers, um, and they're going to be looking, I mean, they're a really good defense. They're going to be looking to hit him and, you know, force turnovers, maybe try and force his first interception, um, and they're going to try and stop McCaffrey. Uh, we know we're, we're going to feature McCaffrey because he's amazing, and why not? He's a powerful weapon. So I'm wondering if this is, like, Bonifant's time to shine, if we're going to start putting out more like more sets with two running backs because there's not any tape on him. Um, who knows what he's been up to in practice? Uh, anyway, just curious to see what y'all think about that. Love the show. Um, keep on it. I'm calling it right now. Bonifant throws a touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey. Bonifant was a quarterback in college. Yeah. All right. That's a, that's a, that's a hot shot, a hot take right there. I like that. But um, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and give a hot take right now. Uh, I think Christian McCaffrey. You know, we talked about him being the MVP, and I think against San Francisco. And this is my hot take. 
I believe he asserts himself as the front runner for the MVP. Even though I just said I don't care about the MVP. I mean, I, I think that when you look at, at this San Come to my Francisco side. Come to my team, side. Come listen, on over. When you look at this San Francisco football team, it's predicated on beating the hell out of the quarterback, as a good defense should be. So that check down option is going to be money for Kyle Allen. And he's going to have to depend on Christian a lot in this football game. And I think that Christian is the perfect kind of player to bail you out of pressure from a defensive line like the San Francisco 49ers. I'm predicting a huge performance from from CMC this Sunday. Guys, I was so optimistic. I've been optimistic all the way for an hour and 15 minutes now. But I got to say, that call just made me think, Kyle Allen has got to go with that, that defense. If he doesn't put the ball on the turf, it's a big win for us. Right. Yeah, because they're going to be yeah. coming for his ass. You're right. He's going to have to play a great game to survive that game, or or really to do well. Now, Cody, what happens if Bonifan throws the touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey and North Turner kind of puts the old man muscle on the young Kyle Shanahan and teaches him a lesson? Will you change your mind about North Turner? I mean, listen. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that um, that a lot could change my mind unless uh, Kyle Allen. Uh, I mean, he has to call a brilliant game in order for me to do a 100% turnaround on that. I mean, but look, North Turner has been more than fine. Uh, if that happens, and, and and if if Bonifon does throw a touchdown pass. To McCaffrey, I'm gonna start having to call you Nostra dumbass. No, guys, <laughs> or Nostra mustache. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, hey, quick question, guys: Is Cam Newton getting a hat for this game? Is he showing up, dressing out? Oh, thank you for bringing this up. Does he travel with the team? Yeah, I don't because, think so. Well, if he does, that raises if if they say he's healthy. And he does travel with the team, and he gets a suit, he gets a hat. He won't get a that helmet. He will not suit up. Uh, okay, that's all I was going to ask. If he does suit up, and Kyle Allen starts out the game, we're down twenty-one at halftime. He's thrown three interceptions, and he has seventy-six yards. I know. Do you put Cam in? What if What if Welcome Kyle Allen gets hurt? Exactly. Will Greer. Will Greer. I mean, they have an article about it. Um, uh, I think either on the Riot Report or or the Athletic about that. Uh, Will Greer knows that he's next man up. You know, he's he says he's preparing, and so he's, he knows he's the number two guy right now. So he can be one play away from starting. So, um, you know, we could very well see a situation where we have a, a, a something. I mean, because he showed uh, not anything in the preseason either, just like Kyle Allen, and Kyle Allen's doing what he's doing. So let's uh, let's let's be optimistic. We may have a, a three quarterback conundrum on our hands. Does he but, travel? Uh, Does he travel with the team, CK? No way. No way. Uh, not with them having the exact same comment of them, him not traveling to London. Why have him stand on the sideline on his foot for four hours? You know, we want to make sure we're giving him the time. Right now, he's he's practicing on the side. He's not doing any real practicing. Um, you right. Know, we'll see what tomorrow brings. But right now, he's not actually putting a lot of, uh, you know, stress on that foot. So I, I could see a situation where they just bring him uh, – 
bring or keep him at home instead of bringing him all the way across the country like that. Will Greer does not want to get his first shot against the San Francisco 49ers. San Fran. Yeah, no. <laughs> that poor fella. He he's said, sitting there. He's Kyle Allen's biggest fan this week. He said, miss me with that dumb shit, bro. <laughs> well, you know, the he's thing been is, he's, he's slipping steroids in all the offensive lines. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I did want to mention that too. Uh, so it, it also feels like we're getting healthy at the right time too. Ooh. Dante Jackson's coming back uh, um, for this game. How about Trey Turner? Trey Turner has missed three games. Is Dante going to be back? Yeah, Dante will be back. Uh, he's been in practice. Trey Turner will be back. Uh, a, a lot of guys are, are, are back and they're, they're doing their thing. And um, Chef Jeff in the chat said that they switched up their routine and they came in on a Monday after the buy instead of um, uh, what they would normally do on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I think that's for the the suiting up for practice and stuff like that. So I'm uh yeah, I'm, I, I have a, a good feeling going into this because let's, you know, in let's, the NFL, I, yeah, I'll just finish with this. You know, you have to get healthy at the right time. That's a pivotal thing for players wanting to make a real push. And it appears as though we're doing that at the right time. I want to build on that discussion. Trey Turner comes back to the offensive line, and you brought this up before the show, Cody, as Darrell Williams has actually been playing better. Van Roten has been pretty good. I think we have not seen any problems with that interior. Like They've actually been getting better for uh, each week. So you asked me this, what would you give up for A.J. Green? Is it Trey Turner? Ooh, sorry. That's kind of wild. No, <laughs> if they're not going to take Trey Turner at this point, I'll be honest with you. Even if you tried to trade him over there, uh, the only thing they're going to accept is draft capital to build their team up for the future. I just, uh, I don't think that they're going to go after Trey, who, you know, he may still have quite a few years left, but um, I, they're not going to trade tit for tat. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the Trey- way, my answer is a real short hell no. He yeah. gets 12 million. Have enough. He's going to get twelve and a half million dollars next year. You can never have enough good offensive linemen. And, and listen, shout out to Daryl Williams, who we take every opportunity to shit on, uh, has been playing well at the guard position in Trey's absence. Uh, Daryl Williams has played well on the interior. So, you know, I mean, at least you have two guys that you're comfortable playing that interior of the offensive line, in my own humble opinion, that's the most important section of the offensive line because yeah. you have to have a pocket to throw the football from. So, uh, I mean, it's a good problem to have. I'm not trading either of them. Trey well, Turner is supposed to get $15.3 million in 2021. Mm. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, there was somebody in the chat earlier when we were talking about the A.J. Green thing, and they brought up the best point that I've heard uh, so far, and I'm going to add to it a little bit, is, AJ Green is one of the best wide receivers. In the, I think he's easily top five receiver in the NFL when he's healthy. Even with Andy Dalton throwing to him, he, yeah. he's top five receiver. But he's injured every year, man. He's injured every single year. There's always something wrong with him. He misses at least two or three games every year. He's a phenomenal receiver. I wouldn't trade for him simply because he was in the 2011 draft class with Cam Newton. Like Dalton and AJ Green got drafted the same year. So that, that's a, that puts him at what is ninth or tenth season right now? That's starting to get to the point with wide receivers where they don't have much juice left. I don't think he's so a good option either because he got hurt this season. It's not like he got hurt last season and he's been at top right. form. You don't even 
know what you're getting. For me, the name that I would actually be interested in is Patrick Peterson. Really? No, I wouldn't be. Why? Mm, yeah, yeah, I don't He's kind of cheap. Well, is it eight million dollar corner? Right? And imagine having Peterson and Bradbury and Dante Jackson on the field. What would you give up for Eric Reed back there? Uh a third. He's got two years left on his deal. I don't know if you get him for a third, man. For just a third, he came back. He came back and he balled out. He gave that, you know, that if you know, I, I listened to Pat McAfee show and, and they had uh, AQ Shipley on, who's the center, um, and he was talking about the difference that that made for that defense having uh, him back on that uh, on that field. Uh, he said it allowed the pass rush to get home and allowed Chandler Jones to have four sacks. It wasn't necessarily. It's kind of our same situation. Our defensive line is not just good because we're so great at getting to the quarterback. It's a mixture of that, but our coverage has been on point uh, right. for pretty much the whole year. So uh, that's that. It's a lot of coverage checks that we've allowed, and I think that happened there. So I think they're they're seeing him as a as a anchor. And honestly, they're when they're they've won three in a row. I think there's no chance they're getting rid of any key pieces because they, they can't catch the Forty Niners though. They can't catch they're the Seahawks. They're going to be looking for a wild card. No. Oh, wow, that would be crazy. I would my, like my, it. My thing, my thing is this: where where do you play him? I mean, are you putting who are you putting on the bench to play Patrick Peterson? Bradbury. We yeah. just got done talking about Bradbury. No, I think uh, you I'm, put him across from Bradbury, and and Jonte Jackson's been hurt, and if anything, you just move him to the nickel. Uh, see, I, I I gotta say, man, as much as we've been talking about Bradbury, I think Dante Jackson's better than Bradbury. Bradbury's good; he's more consistent, but I think Dante Jackson's a bigger. Uh, he, he's more of a uh, you know no risk it no biscuit type guy. I think You're he has a higher ceiling for sure. I have a more yeah. lo- logical answer. All right, Harris from the Broncos. Her- who? Chris Harris. My oh, he name. he plays a nickel, right? Yeah, hmm. and he's really good at the nickel. Yeah, they Man. kept him yeah. over. They kept him over Bradley uh, Roby. Yeah. Hmm. That's hmm. that's. Interesting. I actually think that is where we need the help, guys, secretly, is that if there is a help, I don't think that the wide receiver is a pro- is a big problem. We've actually got our best wide receivers we've had in a while. Yeah. So I'm okay with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel being the guys. And I heard somebody write today on Twitter, they said Jarris Wright stinks. And I was like, man, recency, dude, he missed, he had one bad game. No, I think our receivers are okay. I don't think we need a big name there right away. I mean, maybe if we continue to get some injuries or something like that, we're going to need somebody with some veteran experience. I think we're one injury away in the secondary, though, from having a, a, a significant problem. And right now, that Dante Jackson injury kind of worried me a little bit. Because, yeah, I like Cockrell, but I don't know if that's lo- enough depth to go deep into the playoffs. Is it any uh, any? I like that Harris just, name. I like that. Is it? Is there any correlation to the fact that we dropped from first in uh, passing uh, defense down to seventh while Dante Jackson's in now? We also had a bye week involved in there too, so the stats still go on while no, we don't. You know, no, the stats are they're going to be based on per game basis. So per game okay. we dropped to seventh. Um, okay. So because we when we faced Tampa Bay. When we faced Jacksonville, um, they just blew the doors off of it as far as yardage is concerned. A lot of we're giving up two hundred and twenty-five yards in the air right now. 
And if, seven what, what, seven what touchdowns. Last, what was the last two games? Oh, uh, it's been a lot. I mean, I think uh, Tampa Bay put up. I'll, I'll look them up. Keep talking. Well, but I think that. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Greg. No, you go ahead. I finished. You you were in the middle zone. Um, you know when when you look at everything that we have uh, with our defensive or our secondary, you know the one missing piece has been Dante Jackson and, and, you know, Ross Cockrell came in and he played well, but uh, do you feel like there's any correlation to the fact that Dante Jackson has been out and we dropped from first to seventh because it almost, you got to think about those things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point too. And I think Ron Rivera even mentioned that, uh, you know, Ross Cockrell has earned playing time. I mean, this is a guy that they did say that. Yeah. This is a guy that, and listen, the dude has two interceptions. I mean, look, the the man has played, you know, not just a backup. He's played a big part, and I think that we're gonna put him a little bit everywhere. They've uh they've tried him at free safety on a few snaps. They've even put him at nickel. Hey, how about JV and Elliot? JV and Elliot is a name that we've been talking about for a while, and he's also starting to show that potential and and what he can do. Um, I actually feel that the cornerback depth. Is is not only is our starters better than they've been in Carolina for a long time, but I feel really good about the depth that we have at that position. I mean, anything else, Peterson or Harris, that's just you know icing on the cake at this point. Yeah, I have to agree with Cody on that. That's actually the point that I was going to bring up. That you know you talked about how you were worried about our defensive backs being not not deep enough. I agree with Cody. I think that we're really deep in that position. Uh, I can agree with you that maybe one of our weakest spots in the field because we're pretty strong all the way around, but I definitely wouldn't give up an offensive lineman for a defensive back because if we're if you think we're bad at defensive back, our offensive line has got to be nipping at the at the heels on that, like right there, yeah. just, just as bad. And I definitely wouldn't, you know, take away from one to give to the other. Uh, I mean, I think I offensive feel that's the opposite. Defensive back. Huh? I almost feel like when you think about our offensive line, I feel like we have a great amount of depth. You know, Dennis Daly's played very well at left tackle. We have Greg Little. You have uh, Trey Turner. If he can come back. Uh, Greg Little, I know. Um, You know, you have – I feel like you have a lot of moving parts on that offensive line. I think there's a lot of depth there. I'm not saying we get rid of Trey Turner. I like the idea of having depth on that offensive line, especially with the injuries we've played over the last three seasons. So. The numbers aren't as bad as you would think. Wait, you said we've been – have we been three games without him? I believe so, yeah. For Dante, yeah, I think, well, yeah, he didn't play versus uh, Jacksonville or Tampa. What did, he, did he play in the Houston game? No. I think so. I don't uh, know. I'll check. I'll I, I, I want to say he did. I, it I, was I two. Oh, we only gave up 208 against Winston and 374. The Jacksonville game ruined us, 374 yards. It's a powerful offense, though, man. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that DJ offense. Shark guy. I, I don't know. Is uh, I, I think we're a high on him right now. Imagine, brother Herbert, call in and tell him how they should we should trade for Patrick Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> He'll say trade Bradbury for Peterson. Yeah, well, I, All right, yeah. let's go on to the next call. Good evening, chaps. It's Rich in beautiful, Rich. sunny, crisp, clear London today. Um, yeah, I was just uh, so we've had a bye week. And none of the national media that I listen to have mentioned the Panthers in the bye week. Uh, it's amazing how quickly we get forgotten. Um, I think in terms of the NFC, this is an absolutely critical week for 
Carolina and the 49ers. Um, everybody's saying that the 49ers are for real and wonderful and that they haven't played any, but others that they haven't played anyone. I just think this will tell us a lot, loads about both teams. Um, yep. A blowout either way will be very significant, but I think it's probably going to get very close. I actually think the two teams are almost a mirror of each other. Really strong yeah. defensive lines, improving secondaries, good running game, um, and a questionable quarterback. I know people are, think Kyle Allen is the next coming of Tom Brady, but the, <laughs> the stats are showing that although the passes are getting there, they're not quite what they could be. Um, and hopefully we're pretty close to Cam coming back. Um, I don't know, I'm with you guys, but isn't it wonderful that we've got a great quarterback and we've got a great backup? Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, one thing I wanted to point out, because we haven't played the Saints yet, and we're going to be lucky enough that Atlanta look like they're imploding. They've just got rid of Mohamed Sanu. I just had this thought, right? The the uh, the Saints tackles are probably even better than ours, and ours are doing quite well. I just wondered, <laughs> if we keep Cockrell as a, defense, as, as a cornerback, which sounds like Ron might do, with Dante perhaps moving to the slot, I think you might have mentioned this before, how much damage would we do with moving Dante, basically putting him on the line of scrimmage, um, outside of Brian Burns, to just literally pretend to line up on the slot receiver and just then absolutely bomb round the edge of a tackle? Um, I just they wonder they if could never I catch mean, his little butt. The quarterback. You can forget your one and a half seconds to throw. That kid's going to be there in a second. Uh, yeah. I just think it would be a fantastic wrinkle if they're moving him out of outside corner. I know he's blitzed once or twice in the past, but I just think that could be an amazing little thing to do. You could have him just put, go there, pretending to be on the slot, and then just blitz him. Um, anyway, looking forward to another three hours and 15 minutes like you had last week. That was fantastic. Um, I think we've got a real chance against the 49ers. I think we're being horribly underrated by everybody. Even the PFF bigwigs were saying this week that they've underestimated us. Anyway, guys, great show as ever. Keep pounding. You keep um, pounding, Rich. Uh, great call. Fantastic call. I think we should follow it up with... Uh, we got to follow it up with this one. Guys, guys, guys. I figured it out. I figured it out. James Bradbury fucked Brandon's girl. He had to. All right. That's all I had to say. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Money bags, guys. Gonna get kicked off. Him gonna put him in guys, time we're all, we're all Panthers fans, guys. We gotta be nice. Ain't nobody fuck each other's girlfriend, bro. <laughs> Definitely not James Bradbury. That he's he's too much of a he's too much of a um introvert to go after somebody's girlfriend. Now, <laughs> Brandon, now Brandon Herbert. I like that. I think Brandon Herbert brought a great like, call tonight. What's up? Say some I do too. I love him, man. I, 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 I thought Brandon Herbert, Herbert brought a great call tonight. I think that at the end of the day, just calling him is just not good is problematic. Is that he just needs to I tone think, back how critical he is, and then he can take the same stance he has. I think at the end of the day, it's good to have callers that have different opinions. Yeah. Than us. Come back at him. It, Brandon it, Herbert's it, it, going after money bags, girl. Watch out. Listen, even on Cam Newton, I mean, me and Brandon have been back and forth on Twitter a million times over over Cam Newton. If you didn't know that he was a Cam Newton fan, you wouldn't think that he was. But, you know, hey, it is what, what it is, man. I've been back and forth with Josh and Mass over this mustache all night. Yeah, man, he's calling you out. <laughs> he's been calling me out. 
So here's my thing, right? You know, and, and I mentioned it last week. Do you really want to be the team? I've heard, you know, and, and Greg, you said it, you know, and it, no offense to you, but I don't want to be that team that's sitting there under uh, underestimating the 49ers because we were going through the exact same situation. Oh, they haven't played anything back in 2015. No, they haven't played anybody. Nobody of worth. Wait till they get to Seattle. Wait till they get to Green Bay. Wait till they get to this. Wait till they get to that. And then, you know, every every game we we had to show up. And, and so – but they drove used that as a kind of a driving force. I'm not saying the 49ers are sitting here listening to this podcast. If that's if they are, that's pretty freaking cool. But uh, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I just I, I I think it's it's dangerous to underestimate them, and I don't think the Panthers are based on what I'm seeing. Um, but I also think it's the same way the other way around. I think the Panthers are are a legitimate team that that they need to really uh, not underestimate, and I think a lot of 49ers fans are doing that. Just based on our caller last, our guest last week, right? You know, didn't he say, you know, I'm not really worried. It's going to be at home, right? You know, or how are the Panthers away from home? And you know, unfortunately for him, we're undefeated. So, um, so it's yeah. uh, it's it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting dynamic. But I I I'm, like I said, I think it's uh, Rich had hit the nail on the head with that. I think it was a an incredible call where he said we're going to learn a lot about both teams. We're going to find out who is a legit team and who is not or we're going to find out that both of these both of these teams deserve to be in the conversation for the top nfc teams uh, go ahead Greg. i was going to say that what you what you just ended that with ck i think that's i think that's where we're going to find ourselves i'm not saying that san francisco is garbage I, you're right i look at it the same way we did in 2015 where people looked at us and they're undefeated and oh they haven't played anybody uh i try to take more of a statistical approach to it where where i, I look at the teams they've played and teams we've played uh, you know, they put up 20 points against the Rams. We put up 27, and it should have been 33, even though they did hold the Rams to seven points without Todd Gurley. Uh, I mean, so there's a lot of different things. I, I try to look at all the little bitty things in these, man. They played a team that hasn't won a game yet. They've played two teams that have won two games. I mean, I don't want to go in there underestimating them either. I, I totally agree with you, and maybe they're going to use that as as motivation, but I think at the end of the day, we're going to get exactly what you said. Uh, win, lose, or draw, they're going to look at the Panthers and the Niners as playoff teams and contenders in the in, in the NFC. I'll keep my answer short and sweet so we can continue to roll through these cat calls. But my favorite Carolina Panthers are the slept-on Carolina Panthers. Let them talk about Green Bay. Let them talk about Baltimore. Let them talk about the Saints and Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees. Let them continue to sleep on us. The Whenever the Panthers are disrespected, it always pisses us off, and we always play our best football, like Cody was saying in 2015. We've heard this song and dance before, so I'm all for it. Thanks for the call, Rich. Hope you enjoyed your first NFL game, brother. I know I did. All right. Uh, let's see what else you guys got to say. Yo, what up, C3? <laughs> Yo, it's your boy Josh from Mass. I know I've been quiet for a couple of weeks, aside from you know hazing Tony a little bit in the in the chat. <laughs> but, you know, I had to take some time and just relax a bit and and, and just kind of veg and, and see what's going on with Panther Nation. And man, did we get some news today? I don't know if y'all saw, but right on the uh, Panthers. I know it was on their Twitter. I don't know if it made it to the Facebook and the Instagram as well. I would assume it did. But we saw our boy out there doing doing reps, making sure, you know, looking good. Yep. 
you know, especially for a guy who, uh, who had what was referred to as a pretty, pretty decent foot foot injury. You know, doing a lot. I of was excited by exercises it. and whatnot with with the crew. It was good to see him out there. And then uh, for those who follow his Instagram, we all know he's been he's been hitting up the uh, cycling classes in the mornings again. Man, and you know, it's it's funny because I've I've largely had to just stop looking at a lot of the Panther groups on Facebook because it's filled with so much BS and so much negativity. Oh, and we're stay away from everything Panthers like, on Facebook. Man, y'all do know the trade deadline's coming up. We got what seven days? We got a week. I believe it's a week. We ain't trading this, man. No way. The only way we let Cam Newton go is if we get something ridiculous. We saw what Jalen Ramsey garnered, right? Two firsts and a fourth. You, what, you'd be looking at a minimum of, uh, what, probably three first rounders, a fourth, a fifth, and, you know, like a whole Bojangles box, maybe? At <laughs> least, right? The man ain't going nowhere, and... I don't – obviously, he's not starting against the Niners, obviously. But I think – and I, I don't think he'll start the following week, but I think the week after, I'll have to uh, check real quick. I think, again, honestly, I think he comes back against Green Bay. Um, I mean, maybe the Titans, but I, I think realistically, as far as time – and just making sure he's got the time that he needs. I think he comes back against Green Bay. But I got a good feeling about Sunday against San Fran anyway. I think we're going to go in there and walk away with that dub. Yo, keep pounding, Panther Nation. Keep pounding. Josh, keep pounding. Let's go. great call. I like the excitement. And uh, obviously, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you should see how excited uh, this mustache that Tony's got going on that Cameron Jordan has copied. <laughs> <laughs> that you making fun you can't make fun of a mustache when you got a mustache like that that's what i got going on take that Jeff. Hey, listen i i support your facial hair tony John. <laughs> i support i support your right to rock a mustache dude. no matter oh, how bad it is right i'm on week three this is t- tomorrow makes the third week of this nonsense trying to get to <laughs> Halloween and farther. I'm just going to keep going with it. All right. Yeah, man, uh, the number is 252-228-5098. One more call. What's up, C3 fam? Chef Jeff here. Uh, Chef that's Jeff. something I've been thinking about pretty much all Cousin. week. Uh, since, really, since last week when Marty Herney came out and uh, mentioned the franchise tag as it contains the cam. Now, I know that... Uh, we brought it before, you know, would you rather have five or six years of mediocre cam or three years of great cam? Obviously, the answer is three years of great cam. Now, hear me out on this. I'm going to preface this by saying Cam Newton is and always will be until – well, he he is and always will be our, our best quarterback. I don't ever see anybody doing the things that, that he's done for us. But let's say – he does really, really well this year. He comes out like next week or the week after, and he's 68% completion percentage, putting up you know 50 yards on the ground, a couple touchdowns, no interceptions, you know, but like he was beginning half last year, where he was throwing really well. He had I think the top four in the 
uh, in the QBR rating for the first six weeks. Um, now, what if instead of giving him a new contract and sacrificing anywhere from 15 to 25 percent of our salary cap, depending on how much he's going to want, why not just keep franchise tagging him? I mean, you could do it up to three times. That would mean you'd have him the rest of this year, the rest of next year, and three more years after that. So that would take you through to 2024 and or 2023. And uh, that would obviously be the cheaper option. But I was wondering what you guys thought of that. Be listening for your response. Take it easy, guys. Keep coming. Franchise tag on Cam Newton. Uh, it's not a – I mean, listen, uh, I think, uh, again, uh, you got to pre, you know, preface it with this. So many of these questions are based on, you know, we have to give answers when there isn't enough data yet. So, for example, that's why this game coming up is so important. Seeing Kyle Allen against a good San Francisco defense is something that we all want to see for our, you know, our own collective evaluating purposes. Um, I think on a question like this, though, it to me it all depends on if you if you let if you see Cam Newton operate the team as the full time starting quarterback and he balls out like we want him to do, like we all feel he's capable of doing. Then in my mind, there's no reason to even play with his money like that. Just sign him to another deal now. Uh, I mean, if if Cam Newton is the face of the franchise like we all say that he is, then he deserves to be paid accordingly. Now, it's better to build a football team when you're paying quarterback money like what Kyle Allen is making right now. But listen, when you have Cam Newton on your football team, you have to pay him what, what he deserves to be paid or else someone else is going to do that. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough question right now, but if Cam is the man, just pay him. That's my answer. I think you just let him finish his contract out. And and then is that if next year he has a great season, then you say, man, we can go four more years with Cam. And that's what you should do. I think you stick with Cam as long as you can. Um, but if you know he comes back this year and it doesn't go well, uh, and then there's another injury problem or something, then you might need to – I mean, I hate to say it, but if, if if injuries continue to to inhibit him from being the player we think he is, I don't know how you could sign him a long term, unless you now wouldn't that would it be cruel to do that to Cam a little bit? In some ways, imagine well, that yeah, is that so. is that you just say well, this is yeah, you're right. Matt, no, now that you I think about it, you might just like try to. It's, it gives you a rental a little bit, you know, so you don't have to stick with Cam for a long time. Haven't the past few years they signed Drew Brees to a two-year extension? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Two years. So. Twenty twelve is when he was franchise tag. Oh, he had some okay. problems. Remember that things didn't go well with them in those. And they pushed those negotiations to the limits at one point. Well, remember, and yeah, and remember, it's it's funny that you bring that up. We have a brand new players agreement coming up soon, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it, it's very the it's end a very of twenty twenty. It's a yeah. very real possibility that there might not be a franchise tag because they're be they're yeah. well, Ooh. yeah, because the the players are asking, uh, or well, the NFL they want another 
game during the season. They won a 17-game season and, and take away from the preseason. I think in return, they're probably going to do away with stuff like the franchise tag. So it's it's interesting to think about. Well, the franchise tag is interesting because it was something the players thought was going to help them out. It was going to get veterans players paid and rookies, you know, uh, keep them, make them have to earn their money, which is funny because that's kind of the way they wanted to go was the rookies had to earn their money. Then all of a sudden when you have a few rookies come in and play really well, like Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, stuff like that, people scream for them to get paid. But they, they fought right. for it not to happen that way. They wanted the veterans to get paid. I do believe there will be a change in, in the um, franchise tag. But let's be realistic about it. The only person the franchise tag affects negatively is the running back. Because the only person you're going to franchise in your team is going to be a quarterback, a great defensive player, or a running back. And, and it really doesn't affect the running back that negatively because they're still going to make, if they're a first-round pick, they're still going to make $16, 17000000 million that year. There's just no guaranteed money after that. But, I mean, the only it doesn't affect a quarterback that much because a quarterback's going to make $26 million on a franchise tag. A defensive mm, player is going to be one they would make on a, on a, on a contract, yeah. you know, on a franchise tag. So the only people really affects running backs. That's just because their shelf life is so short. So It would be I, a nice way to get some cam action, though, without having to commit four or five years to them. But what do you do for the psyche of your quarterback when you franchise? Oh, it would make him mad, but I mean, it's yeah. made a bunch of other players mad. What can they do, right? But again, it's the question: Does the franchise exist when we get there? The franchise tag exists, and what kind of limitations? Great question, though. Tough question. What? Tough question. All right, that's the cat calls, guys. I think um, you're listening to Rafael Asparza, head odds maker for MyBookie.ag, the place to go if you want to. Uh, get paid. You bet. You play. You get paid. It's fun. And uh, use the overtime promo code. Raphael, welcome back to the show. We are undefeated still. We are undefeated against the bye. I know. Undefeated because we didn't lose last week on the Carolina Panthers with the bye week. But boy, can you say a big, big, big game uh, this week. Uh, probably one of the biggest tickets written right now on this game between uh, Carolina and the 49ers, probably going to be one of the biggest outcomes, I think, for the week. Uh, what a matchup this is going to be. And I'm so glad it's going to be a late afternoon game, so you don't have those other games to bother you. Who really wanted to, who really wants to walk Oak, Oakland and Houston and Cleveland, New England? Sit back, watch two great teams, Carolina and the 49ers, go at it. Yeah, you've got, uh, what, I think, the 6-0 and San Francisco 49ers against a 4-2 and Carolina Panthers, Kyle Allen undefeated as a quarterback going against an undefeated team. You saw a video come out today of Cam Newton um, practicing and uh, Kyle Allen hearing the footsteps, but the footsteps might be not might not be Cam Newton's, but that San Francisco defense. How did that factor in when you're thinking about this line? You know, it was hard to really do a number for this game because let's face it, the San Francisco-Washington game the weather really won that game. It wasn't the 49ers offense or the Washington defense or the, even the 49ers defense. It was the weather that won that game. So it was really hard to try to do a number that was, we were going to guarantee two-way action. I think that's why we made the 49ers uh, a five, five-and-a-half point favorite because we knew, A, the public was going to jump all over the 49ers because all they're going to see is, wow, the 49ers haven't lost a game. Is Joe Montana and Jerry Rice playing? We're going to take the 49ers. Or they're going to say, ooh, let's give me the plus five and a half with the Carolina team that's playing one of the best uh, football uh, in the league right now, winning four straight uh, without Cam Newton. 
so I think that was a good number to put up to get us to get two-way action. Do I think there's value on Carolina? Yes, I do, because let's face it, that defense is playing a lot better. And that offense is rolling with McCaffrey and Allen at, at QB and at tight ends getting some late actions, with, especially in the second half, because Carolina's been able to run the ball. So this is going to be a great matchup. What what's uh, explain to us how many teams you have to have a parlay because I want a parlay. Can you do a two bet parlay? Because I'm I'm taking the Panthers and we, give me the five and a half points and I want the under in this game. I agree. The under is a good bet. Forty one and a half is what we have right now, and you could do a two team parlay up to a ten team parlay. Now speaking on a behalf of an odds maker that works for uh, a sports book, we want you to do a ten team parlay because they're almost impossible <laughs> to hit. But if you want good value, then yes, take two teams, take your two best bets and put them together because you can really get some nice value. Uh, Thirteen to five odds on a two team parlay, you're going to get really good action. And I agree with you. If you're going to take this game, take either Carolina or if you like the Forty ers but I think the best bet in this game is the under. Two outstanding defenses. And, and I know 49ers, yes, they played Washington, hold them to zero points. But holding the Rams to seven points and the Cleveland, uh, I almost said the Cavaliers, the Cleveland Browns to three points, that defense is potent. I think it's going to be a very, very low scoring game. The Cavs are opening up tonight. Uh, not the Cavs. It's the Lakers and the Clippers. I was thinking of LeBron when you said, when you almost said Cavaliers. So I'm sure that there's He's a lot of. Like the- He's built like a football player, so we could say LeBron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And so the basketball, oh, who, what is it? They're playing the Clippers, right? I mean, is this is, and I'm sorry, I'm diverting topics here, but uh, the Clippers right now have to be one of the favorites to win the championship, strangely. Yeah, Clippers in L.A. are probably the top two teams in the West. And what a, what a great evening. Not only do you have the NBA tipping off on a Tuesday, the World Series game one, we're getting ready for football on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Well, let's not, let's let me retract that. There's no Monday night football game, people. It's Miami and Pittsburgh. Catch nope. up on your DVR, watch a movie, take your wife out to dinner, and DVR that game. That's the truth. All right, let's continue to look through the NFL and let's just briefly talk about the NFC South. Looks like Tampa Bay has got the Tennessee Titans, and if there are two teams that can confound people more than these two teams, I dare you to tell me who they are. Uh, Tampa Bay is uh, two-and-a-half-point dogs right now, 45-and-a-half over under. The Titans coming off of a win. Where do you, where do you see, what are you looking for in this game? Yeah, I'm really puzzled on this game because I know Tennessee's got some quarterback issues. Uh, is it Tannehill? Is it Murat? But let's face it, they beat the Chargers, even though they shouldn't have won that game because the Chargers couldn't rush the ball one yard on two plays to win that game. But I want nothing to do with Tampa Bay. The, the Saints blew them up. You guys took care of them on uh, a week from 0 to 37-26. And that one game win against the Rams, the Rams was depleted. Their offensive line and defensive line were horrendous. And they lost to the Giants. So I'm a little bit shocked that the, the Tennessee Titans are not a solid three in this game. One of the lines that stands out to me is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Buffalo Bills. If I would have told you at the beginning of the season that the Buffalo Bills were – favorites in this game I think a lot of people would have laughed but the Buffalo Bills they cannot lose and the Philadelphia Eagles you are hearing more and more rumors about the team having problems in the locker room a kind of weird culture there at the moment which is strange given their success what do you see in this game the Eagles trying to go on the roads against a Buffalo Bills are the Bills for real 
Why not? They're five and one, but the most important part in my industry, they're four and two against the spread. So why not take the Buffalo Bills as serious? And you said it, that locker room in Philly has been divided. A lot of people in that locker room uh, did not want Nick Foles to lead. They thought Nick Foles should have been that quarterback to, 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 to take on the season. So there's a lot of finger pointing. And then when there's finger pointing, I always tell people you fade that team when it comes to betting, fantasy, suicide uh, leagues, whatever you have. You fade that team. I like Buffalo in this one. I think they. Uh, I think they win this game. I like. Uh, here's a game uh, where the dog I think can cover. The Oakland Raiders go into Houston. Houston up and down. You see. Uh, sometimes you see a team that could be one of the best in the league. Uh, other times they just look bad. And then the Oakland Raiders are sneakily better than people think they are. I agree. I thought Oakland was going to be one of the worst at the top three or bottom three. I should say. In the league, so every time they're hanging around and I'm scratching my head that they're uh, close to covering or winning, I'm shocked. But I like Houston. They're, they play much better at home. And if that offensive line can play uh, like, like they did when they won at home against, let's say, uh, when they beat Kansas City and when they took care of Atlanta easily, then I think Houston's a tough team out. But you just don't – you said it. You just don't know what team Houston you're going to get. They hung around with the Colts. They had multiple chances uh, to win that game. They just fell a little bit short. But – I'm going, to, I'm going to take Houston small in this one, but if this one goes up to seven, which I think the public will bet this up all the way up to seven, I might have to take a look at the Raiders because who would have thought the Raiders would have covered two of their last three games? What do you see the Denver Colts line doing? Right now it's at six for the Colts. The Colts are just a good team. I've tried to, uh, I've tried to be on the other side of them for too long. I, I've always, I never liked Andrew Luck, so I held that against them. I assumed that they would be bad without Andrew Luck. Jacoby Brissett is 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 great. He's a great personality. He's a great quarterback at this point, and they are a really good team. I they're the favorites in the South. You got to think. Well, they're the leaders in the South, but this team is better than I think. What do you see happening to this line, Denver at Indy? Do you see it getting closer together, or do you think Indianapolis gets another half point here? Well, we all know Indianapolis, they, they live and die on their offensive line. It doesn't matter who their quarterback is. And what we saw last year when they made Andrew Luck shine, it was because of their offensive line. Same thing this year. And who's the quarterback of Denver? I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> Joe Flacco? That's why, that's why I'm fading the Denver Broncos on this one. He's been horrible, horrible, horrible for Denver. They have quarterback issues. John Elway has quarterback issues. He has not picked a good quarterback since he's been there, since Peyton Man- uh, Pitt Manning has gone. I, and I he wasn't any good either. No, he, he was throwing dead ducks like there was no tomorrow. G- give me Indianapolis big, big, big home win that they had last week. They beat now they, they went to Kansas City one. Now they won at home against Houston. They're on a roll. They've won four out of their last five. They're going to win five out of the last six. Joe Flacco was terrible in Baltimore. I don't think he's hit a deep pass in like eight years. I mean, he cannot the throw third- the deep ball. And the sad part is he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer because he's got rings. Ah, no. All right. Uh, Rafael Esparza, uh, tell them how they can get on this week's action. Where do they need to go and place their bets? You jump over to mybookie.ag, get that 100% sign-up bonus, and use that sign-up bonus to take the Carolina plus the points, plus five and a half. Wait to see if it goes up to six. I think the public might bet that up to six. But all 100% sign-up bonus. Is definitely the right place to go. Sign up at mybookie.ag. Get that 100% sign-up bonus. And you have great time not only to bet football, baseball, World Series, NHL, NBA just dropped the puck. The Breeders' Cup horse racing is next weekend. 
there's a full range of stuff to do over at mybookie.ag. All right, you're going to have to give us lessons on this each week. I'm going to start asking you a different betting question each week. This week we asked about parlays. My parlay is the Panthers uh, and the points and the under. And uh, Rafael will catch up with you next week. Thanks a lot. Take it easy. Have a fantastic week. Let's turn our attention to, I think there's only two NFC South games this week. And uh, so let's get through with the, our picks. I'm picking Carolina on the road. Uh, and to upset it, uh, I'm a Panther homer. I know that San Francisco has got a good defense, but so do we. I think we stifle their offense. We pull out the win on the road. Cody, what do you think? Yeah, man, I'm I'm going to roll with my Carolina Panthers. Uh, I, I, I genuinely feel that this is uh, – this is the best football team that the Carolina Panthers have fielded in a long time. They have the potential to be much better, I feel, than even, than even the 2015 team. Um, so I'm going to say um, Carolina 27. I'll go San Fran 17. All right, 27-17. So I didn't give you a score. I'm going to say mm, the Panthers get tw- – 17 to 12. There we go. Panthers, 17 12. Low scoring game. What do you got, Greg? Uh, well, real quick, take a break uh, from this. Uh, it's NBA tonight, y'all, just so you know. Pelicans and uh, the Raptors are in a barn burner in overtime right now. Game one of the season. Just awesome game. Uh, but as far as Panthers go, uh, I'm going to go Panthers. And I think this one's going to be uh, it's a litmus test game. It's going to be a close one right here. Uh, I, I'm going to go. Carolina 24, uh, San Fran 21, uh, game-winning field goal ends the game. Joey Sly hits a 50-plus yard to win the game. 24-21? 24-21. All right. Uh, CK, what do you got? All right. So, uh, I told you I had something Fairweather fan to say real quick. Yeah. yeah. This, as a, as a fan who has a heart attack after every game, there is a win-win on every side of this for us. If we lose, number one, the quarterback controversy questions may come to an end, depending upon how Kyle Allen plays. Right. But also, it was just our backup. <laughs> you know, you just went against our backup. Um, if we win, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to answer the questions about Kyle Allen and Cam Newton. But our backup just beat your team. So I think it's kind of like a win-win. I'm not – you know, it's a fair weather fan to uh, fair weather fan thing to say, but I, uh, I, I, that's how I felt today. I was like, I'm not really stressed out about this game as much as I normally. No, me neither. Me neither. Normally, and it might be because I'm just confident in our team, but nonetheless, what I think is, I think the Panthers pull this out. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout like I've you know kind of predicted the last few. I think if I had to guess. This is going to be a highly defensive uh, type of game, and it's going to be 17-10 Panthers. 17-10 Panthers. I like that score a little bit better than mine. (laughs) Quick question for you, CK. Uh, So uh, based on what you were just saying, would you you give up the win to get Cam back? Like, are you in the the, the boat of, I want Cam back so bad that if we lose this game, it doesn't matter to me, we're getting Cam back, or would you rather have the win? So would you rather have the Kyle Allen argument or the win, basically? I, it's such a tough question because I think that it depends upon who we see on Sunday. If the 49ers are for real, 
I want to have the win because I want to have the upper hand when it comes to us getting a first round bye, just if it comes down to that. Okay. Um, but if they're not a legit team, you know, I know it sounds bad, but I'd almost want to lose just so we do get Cam Newton back um, okay. a little quicker and nobody's going to say, you know, two craps about it. Makes sense. I want the Panthers to win. Yeah, I want the Panthers to win, but I do think it will. I want the Panthers to win like we beat, you know, in 2003 when we were going to the Super Bowl. uh, We beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a a really intense game, a back-and-forth game. I think that ended like 13-12 to or something like that. And we blocked four. They scored a touchdown. All they had to do was kick an extra point, and they and they tied the game. And we blocked, blocked the extra point, yeah. I think. I remember that. And game. we blocked three field goals in that game. That's how we win. Right <laughs> then, but you're right. Is that Cody? Uh, Cody said it earlier. Is that it's just going to create it will there will be a controversy uh, if Kyle Allen leads this to a victory. That, um, you know, I'm okay with. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with my cam support. Bring it. I don't need the Panthers to lose to make me feel better about cam coming in. The other game of the week is this, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go on the road. They also are coming off a bye. They're going on the road to face the Tennessee Titans in what I think is one of the most confounding games and matchups of the week you don't know either week who you're going to get and oddly the Tennessee Titans have gotten better with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback I'm taking the Titans at home um, and I don't know why because I don't know why to take the Bucks at all either what's your score oh I gotta give a score of every game oh gosh uh oh that's not that hard 23 no Tampa Bay puts up some points I'm gonna say yeah, I'm going to say 23-17 Tennessee Titans. Gosh, I hate saying that. I hate the Titans. And by the, So ne- next Tuesday, we need to do a tally and see who's actually in the lead with his, uh, with his picks. Um, it's you. But I'm, you got uh, it. I, uh, I want, uh, I'm going to take Tennessee in this matchup. They just got back Jeffrey Simmons, and that scouted him a lot um, the last year for the draft. The dude's a beast. He's nasty. Came back, had a sack. Um, yeah, I, I think Tennessee um, is a better football team. I'm going to take Tennessee, I would say, um, 23-17. They're a terrible football team. All right, but continuing on to Greg, who you got? Better than uh, Tampa. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm actually going to take Tennessee on this one too, and uh, mine just kind of the, the strength points of the game. I've seen – Tampa Bay shut down Christian McCaffrey, the only team to do it this year, two times. Well, they didn't really shut him down. He scored two touchdowns, but they were short plays. Uh, but he didn't have a great game uh, other than that. First game, he really didn't have a great game. They played against Tampa Bay. So they have a pretty good run defense. And Derrick Henry is the only real offensive weapon on Tennessee. Uh, they don't pass the ball well. Uh, and uh, So I, I'm going to go with uh, – wait. Sorry. I'm going to go you Tampa just Bay. Ta- you just yeah. talked yourself I, I, out of Tennessee. I yeah, and into Tampa. <laughs> in my mind, I was thinking the right thing. No, I'm going Tampa Bay because uh, because of the reason. I think they're going to shut Derrick Henry down, and because they have uh, t- Titans have no passing offense whatsoever. You also you- made me change my mind. I'm going Tampa. Tampa. Okay. Then uh, Cody is going Tennessee. I'm Tennessee. sticking on my pick. Greg is going Tampa, and CK. Who you got? Tampa. Uh, 
Nice. Ooh, take that, Cody. I think Tampa's offense just come back. You know, they they, they did a pretty good job on our defense uh, (coughs) in in some respects. Uh, But I think it's definitely a a Tampa win. I would say it's going to be a big win by at least two touchdowns. So I'm going to say 34-20. Okay. Hey, you're all allowed to be wrong. I'm with you. Actually, I'm with you because Tennessee always plays crappy at home, too. Why Cody's ahead? I didn't give my score. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say twenty-one ten. Never Bay. All right. Um, uh, can all right. someone get what is uh, Greg? You mentioned earlier before the show started. What would the playoff structure look like if the playoffs started today? For the we answers? got one more game to pick, though, right? Who? No, Saints and the. I thought the. Saints I think they're on the a bye. Oh yeah, it's the Saints oh, play the Cardinals. That's right. They do. Yeah, play the Saints play the Cardinals. It? Where is they're in, uh, I can look. They're in Arizona, I believe. I don't even they see it are... on the list. Hold on, I'm about to pull it up. They are, they're in the Superdome. Oh, okay. I was wrong. Why are they not even, they're not on the list on my book, on my bookie. I'm on, uh, I'm on the subreddit. Okay. All right. Yeah. I didn't know they so, uh, yeah, we got another game to pick. Go ahead, Tony. Did you pick? Gosh, Arizona this, or New I'm, Orleans? Where is it at? In New Orleans? Uh, it's in the dome. Yeah. I'm going to take New Orleans. I'm going to go last on this one. Je- uh, 6A. Okay. What, what, what's okay, going okay. on, man? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, the this Atlanta or this uh, Arizona Cardinals uh, team has been hot as of late. And so I'm going to pick New Orleans Saints. <laughs> I see what you did there. And I think it's going to be an interesting one. I think that uh, their defense does step it up, uh, the the Cardinals, that is. I don't think it's a high-scoring affair. I think it's 21-10. But, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Saints as well. And uh, it's for nothing of the reason, that, or no other reason than they're a good team. Uh, they have a stout defense, uh, front seven. They uh, have an all-star wide receiver. Teddy Bridgewater is – Teddy Bridgewater is a step above Kyle Allen, I feel. The, neither one of them are great quarterbacks, but Teddy Bridgewater has just got a little edge because he can do a little more. Uh, so I, I, I'm just going to say the Saints. I think they're going to continue to roll, especially over the Cardinals. Like, <laughs> it's going to be a high-scoring game, though. I'm yeah, going to say it's going to be uh, – the, the Cardinals are one of these teams that's getting better each week. That's right. a well, they have weird to- thing. If they had a defense, they'd be legit, man. Because, I mean, they're putting up 30 points a game. So, Cody. because of that, I'm going to say the score of the game is going to be 38-34. Yeah, I'm going to say 21-17 New Orleans. All right, guys. He's Listen, picking the Cardinals. I'm willing, He's I'm willing to let this be my throwaway pick. If the Saints win, it's the Saints. But let me tell you, these Arizona Cardinals – have quietly won three in a row. Kyler Murray is looking like the guy that they drafted. He's hard to defend, running the football, throwing the football. Kyler Murray throws a pretty damn football. I don't care what anyone says, man. So, yeah, man, my upset pick of the week, I'm going to have Arizona 32, New Orleans 27. They're going to pull off the upset and the Superdome. What does that do to the division race? 
What is this? So, so. How? What are the Saints got? How many losses? One. Uh, one. They lost to the Rams. That's it. We would have the same record. All right, Greg. What would happen if we started the playoffs today? Uh, I was looking at it earlier, man. I'm sitting here looking at the records. Uh, if we started playoffs today, we would have the Cowboys, Niners, Packers, and Saints winning their division. Uh, and then in the wild card, we would have the Seahawks and Vikings. Now, the next two teams on the bubble would be the Panthers and the Rams. Uh, the the technically, the Panthers are a half a game ahead of the Rams because they have we've played one less game and they have one and the Rams have one more loss. So technically, the, the Panthers are in seventh place even with the tiebreaker. Uh, but even that being said, the Seahawks and the Vikings are only a half a game ahead of the Panthers because they're five and two. Mm. So we can tie the Vikings and Saints or Seahawks this weekend should we win. And if they lose, we'll be in the wild card slot. Do so two com- Vikings, do two teams come out of the <laughs> NFC North, guys? That's the question. Do two teams come out of the NFC North? Oh gosh, NFC North. So Probably. Nasty. What's so bad about it is that no. uh, I think well, the Detroit Lions is. I think they they missed the playoffs. I hate to say it, but the Detroit Lions have uh, have lost too many of their divisional games. So I think that it's going to be the Vikings and the, and the Green Bay Packers in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, someone's going to have to fall off. You have the 49ers that are still undefeated. Uh, the the Seattle Seahawks they just lost to the Baltimore Ravens, but that's still a damn good football team. The yeah. Cardinals are trending up, and uh, and of course you can't forget about us and the Saints. I mean, you you know, one of those teams is going to have to fall off. I would still bet that that's going to be Minnesota, but I'm not sure yet. No, Minnesota's making the playoffs. I'm a firm believer, dude. They are getting – Kirk Cousins is actually playing pretty well now. Diggs is getting fed. Uh, Thielen is still good. Dalvin Cook is amazing. They have a defense. Their back end of their schedule is easy, dude. They got to play the dang Redskins this week. They are coming out of, I think, two teams come out of the NFC North. And I'm starting to wonder, do the Panthers ultimately have to win the division to get in? Because, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers are going to have an easy schedule down the road. We heard that from Peter Pansy last week. And the Seattle do do we think the Seattle Seahawks are going to fall out of this race? Is that what we're saying right now? Well, listen. I, well, go, go ahead, ahead, Greg. Go ahead, Greg. Okay, I was just going to say I don't think that it's really a matter of looking at them falling out of the race because, like I said, they're only a half game above us. I mean, you know, going into last week they had the same record. Well, actually, they didn't. They were ahead of us. They, they lost last week. But either way, if like I said, if the the Seahawks or the Vikings lose this week and we win, and the season ended, we're in the playoffs. Four you know? words. And, 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 huh? Four words. We control our destiny. Right. That's, we play San Francisco, who's in the discussion. We play Green Bay, who's in the discussion. We play the Saints twice. They're in the discussion. We the play Seahawks. Seattle at home. The Carolina Panthers have to put up or shut up. Time mm-hmm. to whip out our Johnson, lay it on the table, and take ourselves to the damn playoffs. Let's not depend on any other team to lose or fall off a cliff. Carolina Panthers, they control their own destiny. It's time to get it done. Put up a shut up. I do want to say real quick, Tony, too. I tried to trade you Kirk Cousins, and you wanted Aaron, you wanted Matt Ryan instead. Just saying. <laughs> casual. <laughs> Just saying. Filthy <laughs> casual. And now Matt Ryan's hurt, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
God. By Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald took out Drew Brees, too. Did you see what he did, Devontae Freeman or whatever? Do you know Devontae Freeman got kicked out of the game for trying to punch him? I would have tried to punch him, too, man. That poor guy got lifted up like a little munchkin. <laughs> Cody, is that what you were talking about the other day about somebody punching somebody with a helmet? Yeah, Aaron. Uh, okay. Well, actually, no. There were there were a few helmet punches throughout the weekend, but um, no. Aaron Donald straight up lifted my man off the ground, put the force choke on him like Darth Vader, nice. and uh, Devontae Freeman got pissed off and punched him in the helmet. Which, by the way, I'm not even mad at man. Dude just clowned you. On national television. I would punch him. Yeah, too. I'd be pretty I'd mad. Punch too. Him too. No, I don't got no problem I'd be, with that. I'd be pretty mad too. Gosh, the NFC is tough, man. When you look at it, when you really start looking at it, man, Packers are six and one. The Vikings are five and two. The Saints are six and one. 49 are six and oh. We got to figure out who is, or, you know, maybe San Francisco falls off. Maybe we're the reason for it. You're right. We do control a lot of our destiny, particularly with getting to play the Saints twice. That's what we got to yeah. do. We got to beat the Saints. Well, think if the Saints drop a game this week and we win, then we're tied with the Saints for the lead. Well, we're then all we're cheering for Cody's game. pick then, right? Arizona. Yeah, you're all, let's go Cardinals. Yeah, let's, let's go Kyler Murray, baby. Right. Kingsbury. I'm let's, changing my pick. <laughs> you right. better not, no. man. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Uh, I think that's about it. You guys got anything else? No, nah, man. Ice up. All right. That's all, all right. for me. Let's ice some fools up. Let's ice them up. Uh, who wants to go first tonight? Who's passionate about their ice up pick? I'll take it because I was watching this game the other day and it made me mad. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> it didn't make me mad, but I just couldn't believe what I saw. Uh, did y'all watch the Chargers um, game the other day? I did not watch it because I hate both of those teams. Oh, gosh. Tell me what okay. happened. Uh, okay, well, the way the end of the game, I'm, I'm going to ice up first, and I'll tell you the way the game is. I'm icing up Melvin Gordon. Uh, for <laughs> you held out because you thought you were one of the top backs in the NFL, and then they didn't pay you because you're not. I mean, you're a top 10 maybe, but you're definitely not top two or three, okay? Then when you come back, you don't perform. Listen to this, man. The, the Chargers are on the goal line, on the half-yard line, first and goal. 37 seconds left, man. First and goal. Touchdown wins the game. Field goal ties it. So you can at least go and try three times going to overtime if you need to, okay? Melvin Gordon runs the ball two times in a row from the half-yard line and fumbles two oh, times in a row. Fumbles twice. Two times in a row. Lost the second fumble, and they lost the game. Like, that is – Melvin Gordon, you are not a top three running back in the NFL. You're not even a top five God. running back in the NFL. You held out for no reason. You didn't get your money, and you're probably going to get traded somewhere. You'll probably end up getting paid because that's the way things work out. You'll probably you be Melvin a patriot. Gordon, say, huh? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Ice up, Melvin Gordon. Uh, you know, hold on to the ball. Holy cow. Did you guys see the last week? So we and me and my buddy Clip have this running joke always about – I don't like Phillip Rivers. I think he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks ever. Um, but he, in the last court, he always – they're always losing – at the last in the last quarter, because of some bonehead play, usually it's Philip Rivers throwing a fourth quarter pick or something like that, looking up at the screen all like, "What the heck happened?" This time it was Melvin Go- Gordon fumbling. But did you see last week? Someone said, "How does this shit happen each and every week?" 
And then Keenan Allen responded and was like, for real, bro, or something like that. Like, Keenan Allen jumped in and was like, man, it's, he said shit gets tired or something like that. It was crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump in with my ice up. It's, it's a little bit low-hanging fruit. And it's I have specific ice ups, but it goes toward everyone that's continuing to have this discussion. So um, I'm icing up all the hypocrites on the first things first show on Fox Sports One because uh, today they had a segment about should the Chicago Bears trade for Cam Newton? And it was unanimous. Oh, yeah. Mitch Trubisky is terrible. You have to trade for Cam Newton. Cam Newton, hey, listen, damn it. That could rejuvenate your team. Cam has something to prove, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so hold on a minute. If Cam Newton is good enough to start for the Chicago Bears, then why in the fuck is he not good enough to start for the Carolina Panthers? Yeah. Why are you contradicting yourselves in this? I mean, are you saying that that Kyle Allen is that much better of a player than Cam Newton? Do you really believe that? And if you really believe that, why do you have your job? I, I just I don't understand this for the life of me. If Cam Newton is a good enough quarterback to to lead the Bears uh, to be a successful football team, then why is he not good enough for the Carolina Panthers, the the team that he has put on his shoulders for years now? So to everyone entertaining the notion of trading Cam Newton or him going to the Bears or fucking whatever, ice up, son. Straight to the point, ice up. I'm glad nobody said it in the calls, dude. I was going to hang up. Finger was on the button. Yeah. Well, I know Tacos and Slurpees, like I said, was talking about that earlier, but it's interesting you said that because I know Nick Wright is a huge Cam Newton fan. So I'm surprised he would say something like that because he's usually a big Cam Newton defender. No, no, did I say for so speak for yourself? Okay, okay, that yeah, 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 yeah. The I, I, with, I, uh, I love that show too, but there, there are a lot of controversies. Yeah, the one with Red Lobster. Yeah, I'm, a, yeah. I, I'm a fan of Nick Wright. Yeah, Nick's right. I'm talking about the one with uh, Jason uh, Whitlock. Yeah, J- yeah, Jason yeah. Whitlock, Marcellus Wiley. I love, that, Wiley. I love yeah. that show. You love yeah, that I show? Yeah, I keep got my. We let Greg off the hook on this so much. I don't. I don't. I like Jason Yeah, Jason's okay sometimes. But then other times he's dude, he's good, and then sometimes he's terrible. But I hate this give me a lecture shit they do some that Jason Whitlock does. It's like let Whitlock. me tell you, like yeah, and it's like he yeah. gives us a lecture about like oh, man, I don't want to listen to that dude lecture me. Well, the only thing about Jason Whitlock is I don't agree with all of his takes, but he stands firm in all of his takes, and he makes sense. Like I may not agree yeah. with what he says, but he makes a compelling argument for everything that he does say. So right. he's not, he, you know. CK, but what you got? Man, I've been sitting here debating on it because I just, I, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm inclusive, but I have to say, man, I anybody who looks at the tape and sees what Kyle Allen is and honestly believes that Kyle Allen is the answer to what our franchise needs, you are completely blind to the fact that Kyle Allen is missing wide open receivers just as well as Cam ever did. You know, if not worse, I, show me a path where he hit a receiver in stride down the field streaking when he was wide open. You won't find one. Every single one is underthrown. So my ice up pick, even though I want to say I love all Panthers fans, but it's also these Panthers fans that frustrate me so much when they look at what Cam Newton's done for this franchise. He's put us on the map in a lot of different right. ways. 
I have to say, ice up, son, ice yeah. up. Cam Newton is and always will be the answer now and for the next at least four years, my personal Agreed. opinion. I want Agreed. to um, – this is not my ice up pick, but I do want to point this out. A guy, Spot Rack, put this tweet out. They said, moving on from uh, quarterback Cam Newton frees up $19.1 million in space for the Panthers in 2020, which covers cap hits for Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Scarlett. Like, Jordan Scarlett? What kind of cap hit is Jordan Scarlett giving right. us? All right. No then way. he wrote this. He wrote, ride receivers, Jarris Wright, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, while leaving $4.2 million to cover their first-round pick or help extend Kyle Allen. And then if you click into the <laughs> comments, like it's just like all these people like, yeah, it makes total sense. This one guy, Jason Chapman, put, no brainer if I'm the Panthers. I, re- I tweeted that, dude. I said, no brains for sure. There's no brains. There's no brains here. This is not a no-brainer. There's just no brains involved. All right. Um, I think my ice up is so ice up to those. I mean, it's not. It's like it's infuriating, right, to talk about. Um, My ice up pick. There's a you know. There's just so many to choose from. I think I'm going to start with. I'm going to start with this county commissioner. His name is during a public meeting Monday, an elected official in Tennessee. Uh, he is Sevier County, he's a county commissioner, Warren Hurst. And he said this, we've got a queer running for president. If that ain't about as ugly as you can get, I'm no, no, here we go. Continue. If that wasn't bad enough for an ice up pick, check this out. Mm-hmm. I'm not prejudiced, but, but by golly, a white male in this country has very few rights and they're getting took more every day. <laughs> what is this? Warren Hurst. I'm icing this dude up, not because of <laughs> even his comments. I'm icing him up because I'm looking at this old man's picture, and I'm pretty sure he's going to get caught sucking dick or getting his dick sucked at a public <laughs> bathroom somewhere. Mark my words. Mark yeah. my words. Warren Hurst has probably is there's some been some homo shit in his life. You know if you coming out talking like that, you just ha- you we know. We see it. I see you. I see you. So I tell you Isa. Right? What's that? <laughs> I said he's had some balls in his chin at least some point. Yes, yes. So. You know this guy. It's always like this. Have you ever? Have you seen a lot of these guys that will take these political stances that are really anti this, and then they'll get caught later on doing some shit, dude? Like having Joe Rogan. A- listen, Joe Rogan has the best joke for that. All these people that rally against gay people and gay marriage, they're secretly afraid that dicks are delicious. <laughs> 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 anytime you lead something with i'm not this but if you have to defend yourself from somebody calling you that before you even make the comment you're probably that you, you know just if everywhere you this. go smell, you're exactly you <laughs> just saying your exact words are, we quote, we have got a queer running for president. If it ain't about as ugly as you can get, I'm not prejudiced. What? Yes, you are. No offense. I'm not prejudiced. I just made a prejudiced comment to start off my, my, my comment. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. No offense. I'm not but, racist, but. No offense, but be prepared to be offended. All right. That's the C3 Panthers podcast. You can catch us every Tuesday night.
Um, my name's Tony Dunn. I am uh, only prejudiced when it comes to my love for Cam. Other than that, I'm pretty loving everybody else because I guard him. He is my, I, I protect him, Mama Bear. So you guys shut up with all the Kyle Allen nonsense. Follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, where can they get after you? At Cody Lacks, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C on Twitter. Um, bi-weekly, there is a new mock draft on drafttech.com. I am still the analyst. I'm still writing comments for the Carolina Panthers over at drafttech.com. I also write for the Houston Texans as well. And uh, hit me up, man. I'm bullshit about whatever you want to talk about. All right. Codizzle Allen, the best Twitter name out of the group. Go follow him. CK, it's been fun hanging out. Hey, man. I appreciate you guys having me on again. All right. Greg, where can they check out your latest podcast and your your trashing of Ratatouille and your uplifting of, uh, like, Cars 2 over it or something? Oh, no. Definitely Cars. It was Toy Story. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway... Uh, you can find me at the Bad Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter directly. Uh, I also do another podcast. It is the Super Civil Servants Podcast. That's at SCS Podcast One on Twitter or SCS Podcast One at Yahoo.com. Hit me up there. Talk about anything. Uh, I'll talk sports with you. I'll talk comics, movies, TV. You got an awesome show you want you want me to talk about? You got a great movie you want me to talk about or topics like that? Let me know. Uh, this week we're doing a commentary review on Empire Strikes Back. So if you're a Star Wars fan, we are building up to Rise of the Skywalker. How so. about this? Is this nerdy enough of a suggestion? Is Terminator outside the bounds? Oh no, of oh no, we got Terminator in the future. That's definitely a future because Dark Fate comes out pretty soon. We're going to be behind yeah. on that, but we're definitely going to do a Terminator retro pretty soon. I went in. So. I went in. I hear you. I got you. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be the first of the year because we're focusing the rest of this year kind of on Star Wars because it's kind of the biggest thing to come out in a long time. But, uh, yep. but yeah, man, um, definitely. And anybody right. else, I'm always down to have guests on the show too. Uh, it's just like Tony and Cody. Like, if you hit me up, you know, if you can get on, I love having guests on the show. So, all right, let's get out of here, guys. We'll check you out soon. Uh, when the game's four, four o'clock game, so we're going to have a post game show. We'll see you on Sunday. Go Panthers. Go get the W. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yes, sir. You can pound it.